Hey everybody, it is a special edition version of the Running Rogue podcast. This is Chris joining you from Austin, Texas with Steve. Hey Steve. Hello podcast world. Similar to what we did with the U.S. championships, we are now going to be previewing the world championships and with that doing our now semi-world famous prediction contest between Steve and I to see if he can earn back the title <laughs> of bragging rights as the chief geek of the running geek. I'm of going the, at it for the different <laughs> different point of view this time. So uh, well, you we'll have see. to out of yeah, necessity. We'll after I do. I, I've got to change my mo. <laughs> I mean, if I expect to win, I've got to do something different. After I beat him and put his tail between his legs on the U.S. champs, he's now coming back at me. Yes, he spanked me soundly. So. We're excited to talk about our picks and the things to look for in each of the events, just like we did for U.S. Champs, but now for World Champs. I want to set the context briefly. This, in a lot of ways, is just like an Olympic track meet. You've got the best of the best from all of the world competing in London for gold, silver, and bronze. So it's not the Olympics, but you've still got gold, silver, and bronze in play in London like 2012. And the World Championships, if you're a track athlete, a medal from that, in a lot of ways, is equal to an Olympic medal for these athletes. So. Absolutely equal. I think that the only event that I would say that it's not quite equal to is in the marathon. I think I don't think people value the World Championship marathon quite as much as they do the Olympic marathon. I don't think there's any reason for that. I just think that there is a tendency for that for some reason. I think that's true because you just have the big road marathons. And there's yeah. so many other opportunities to compete, and you and a marathoner can't race every race. So it's a big deal is what we're trying to say. And so we're going to preview the events, give our predictions, and let you know what to watch for as a fan so that you can get excited about these events. To set the stage, as I said, we'll be in London, and the meet goes off. This podcast will release on a Wednesday the 2nd. The meet starts on Friday the 4th. And we'll run all the way until the 13th, the following Sunday, the 13th of August. So we've got basically a nine-day meet, which, if you're like me, is like Christmas in August here as a track fan. Absolutely. It's like the Tour de France. It's the closest we get to the Tour de France. So I will be... And there's no distraction about who's swimming and who's doing gymnastics and who's right. doing other stuff. We just like straight track and field all the way. It's like yes, mainlining, going straight main for the good stuff. track and field. <laughs> so Steve and I have been giddy at preparing for this, and hopefully we can convey some of our excitement to you. Now, if you want to watch this, basically every final is going to be on either NBC or NBC Sports. So you'll be, you'll be able to watch it now. That's the except and 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 that's live. Now the only exception is Friday's finals. They're going to be shown on tape delay. So if you're interested in the men's 10K, which we'll talk about first, that's going to be shown on tape delay. So you'll want to avoid all social media channels if you're watching it through NBC or NBC Sports until later on Friday because they want to show it in prime time. Now we also have to mention that they will be streaming all of the events on NBC Gold, so you can watch everything live there. Now, that's the paywall we mentioned on the U.S. Champs. It's 30 bucks for the year, so if you've already paid that to watch the U.S. Champs, you can watch the World Championships now already as a part of that membership. Otherwise, it's going to cost you 30 bucks to get behind the paywall to see some of the prelims if you want to watch all of the action. But fortunately, this time around, all the finals are going to be shown 
with the exception of Friday Live on NBC or NBC Sports. As we go through this preview episode, just like we did for the U.S. Champs, we're going to go in the order of the finals. So we're going to start with the 10Ks and kind of move through the events. So if you need to watch this or listen to this in chunks, as the meet progresses, you can do that. So you don't necessarily have to listen to it all at once to get all the previews. You can kind of chunk it up as you watch the events. Now, before we dive into the events, we're starting with the 10K. We've got to set the stage a little bit for you know some things generally as a fan that you need to know about as it relates to championship racing. And the first is just that. These are not time trials. These are championship events. And so those events play out a little bit differently tactically than a time trial you might see watching the Diamond League or an event that might have pacers in it. So, Steve, tell the world, the fans out there, what to look for in the context of a championship meet versus a glorified time trial with pacers. Um, there's probably a lot of different variables, but the two most important variables are these. Number one, rounds. You have to run rounds. Other than the 10K um, which is and the marathon, those only two events that we'll be previewing that that do not have either a preliminary round or multiple rounds um, that go on, whether a, a first round and then a, a, a semifinal and then a final. S- different races have different numbers of races that they have to run in prep of it. A lot of that has to do with the number of invited athletes that come. But the most important part that you need to know is, is that folks have to negotiate, just like at the Olympic trials, as we talked about in our Olympic trials preview, they have to negotiate multiple races in order to reach the goal that they want to reach. In a Diamond League race or at another meet that might have, um, that might be more, that that is at a really high level that we've saw all summer long, those races are just one single race with athletes being able to prep just for that race. So one of the reasons why the meet is nine days long is because they've got first rounds and second rounds and many, and and a number of folks, um, as we'll be talking about throughout this, are going to run multiple events. And so what they're trying to do is allow athletes the opportunity who can make an impact and win more than one event, the opportunity to do so. They could make this meet into a four-day meet when I was at the Rio Olympics. They definitely could have gotten a lot more bang for their buck if they would. Well, they would have gotten a lot less bang for their buck because less butts and seats with less with more days. There's more opportunities to sell up, but they could make this meet shorter. But they don't choose to do that just so that we can get the best track meet we possibly can and to try to find out who the best in each event is. So, number one, there's rounds. The second thing is there are not pacemakers or at least there are not set pacemakers. Each team is allowed to bring three athletes. Those those teams that have had a world championship, who won a world championship, get to bring a fourth person. So, for example, in the fifteen hundred in the eight hundred meters, there's going to be there are four people from Kenya that can run in the race, right? Because they've got four different athletes that have qualified. In this case, there won't be a fourth athlete. We'll talk about that as we prep as we talk about our eight hundred meter preview. But the point being that three athletes from each team. So those teams, especially the East African teams, both Kenya and Ethiopia, are well known for their team racing tactics, utilizing a tactical method and a tactical way to try to stop, let's say, Mo Farah from winning both the 10,000 and the 5,000. The key here being that these races typically don't go out and aren't run at the fastest time in the world. Of 
course, we do have some of the greatest races that have at the greatest 800 meter race that has ever been run in the history of the world was done at the highest at high level. So sometimes these games, these these championship races, both the Olympics and the world championships do turn into a high stakes, super fast race. But more often than not, we see what we saw in the Olympic 1500 meter last year on the men's side where Matt Centrowitz, who I still think could have medaled, maybe not would have won a gold medal if that race hadn't gone out as pedestrian as it had gone out really slow. So as opposed to what you see on the US on the on the European circuit, these races are going these races a lot of different things can play out. And so Chris and I's our picks here are basically not only us saying who we think the top three athletes in these races are, but also how that race is going to play out, which means what time of day are they being run at? How many races are these people having to run before it? What have we seen from their prior races? Are they big time show up to get it done at national championship races? Or are they just time trialing people who just get it done under fast racing circumstances? So Lots of different variables, which makes it so hard to pick these races, but also makes it so much fun. Chris, you and I were talking about whether we were going to even do this a couple of days ago, like two weeks ago, about a week ago. And I remember saying to Chris, I just started doing just a little bit of research and it's made me so much more excited about the world championships. And I think Chris, you had said, I'm a little bit jaded about what happens on the world level for various reasons that our listeners know if they've listened <laughs> to our podcast. But even you, after a couple of hours, you sent me texts last night that were like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't even know. Like, how in the world am I going to pick the women's 1500? Like, how do I choose? Like, how will the race go? So hopefully some of our excitement at bare minimum will wear off on our listeners. But also hopefully what you guys will do is go through this day by day. These nine days will allow you to chop this segment up as Chris recommended and just listen to it race by race. Get an idea. Do a little bit of homework yourself and be track fans, man. This Regardless of whether people are clean or dirty, whatever we talk about from that regard, listen, don't worry about that. Let the te- Are you a tester? Chris, do you test? Are you out there <laughs> testing these people? No, let them do their job. Let them be. Let us be track fans for just nine days, and we can sort the rest of the shit out after that. <laughs> a couple of other notes. On the rounds, just by way of context, the most rounds you'll get will be in the 800 and the 1500, three rounds over four days. So the athletes have to not only negotiate those races, but also have to deal with the accumulative fatigue of that. So oftentimes somebody going into a final might be pretty beat up depending on how they've raced their opening heat or their semifinal round, which might affect their finals performance. So that plays into it and in a lot of ways gives some athletes that might be clean a better chance because, you know, they've got more variables at play that everybody's dealing with. Of course, the other flip side of that could be that because of the multiple rounds, they have to train both their fast. They have to train in the 800 and the fifteen hundred. They have to train both fast twitch and slow twitch muscles. And being clean makes it harder to be able to be ready for that. But man, so as we get into this, you're going to hear in the men's fifteen, we've got guys who have been up from the fifth, eight, up from the eight, down from the three. Some really really cool things playing out. And so where the strength, the strength and speed part of that comes into play when you have three rounds. It makes a big difference in who wins the races. The other thing with rounds, as you watch on TV to pay attention to, is you know there will be certain amount, certain number of automatic qualifiers, top finishers in each round that automatically go through. And then, like you've seen in a hundred meter semifinal, there will be others that might go through based on time after all of the races have been run. So it'll be important to note that some of the heats will be a little bit faster or slower, and then people will game that depending on you know how things go in the earlier heats. They might game that 
relationship to time later in the heat. Huge so it's strategy lots of variables that. going on with the rounds, not to mention man- managing the fatigue, as we mentioned. And there'll be a handful of athletes that we'll talk about that are doubling across two different events, some or one in particular doubling across the 800 and 1500, six races in 10 days. That's an incredible load to take on. So that can also impact some athletes that might be doubling across those races or potentially the 10K and the 5K. So there's athletes you might see in a couple different places, but that's incredibly difficult to do. All right, so we're going to dive in. We're going to start each of these previews with just a little bit of level setting, talking about when the event is happening, when the finals and rounds are happening. I want to also make sure everybody knows who the Americans are in each of these events. And then we'll kind of alternate as we did last time, Steve, laying out our predictions, talking about the reasons why, and then going into other nuances. Do we want to go into scoring at this point? Good good point. We should talk scoring. So I beat Steve last time. He has suggested (laughs) some... Point changes, and I think maybe to, to to boost his chances, but there'll be a couple of tweaks to our scoring this time. One of them is that we're going to be adding a point. If you happen to get the first place athlete correct, we want to we want to give you a bonus for getting that first position correct. Versus last time, we treated all positions on the podium the same. So now instead of getting two points for correctly picking the winner you'll get three total points for correctly picking the winner. So an additional point now for anybody who correctly picks the winner and then two total points available to second and third as well. One point for picking correctly to have someone on the podium and then one point for getting that place correct. So we've added a point for correctly picking the gold medal. The other thing we've added to add some intrigue to these debates and discussions is There's going to be a half point available for picking the top American. So we'll be picking, in addition to our podium finishers, the top American, whether they're on the podium or not. And then we're going to be throwing a wild card out there, which is sort of somebody with an outside chance of being on the podium that wouldn't necessarily make a standard prediction. And so for each event, Steve and I will be throwing out a wild card runner. And if that wild card runner happens to make it on the podium, then that's worth half a point. So we've got an extra point for first and then two or and then two half points, one total point available for picking top US and for getting a wild card runner that wild card runner who makes the podium. So we've had a couple of nuances there, lots to follow. We'll get all this stuff kind of on paper and posted so that you can follow the scoring along and see who the number one track geek is. And after we do this, then maybe next year or, well, next year there won't be a World Champs or Olympics. We'll both cry about that. But at least at the U.S. Champs, maybe what we'll do is also do a a general, like Let's Run does, we'll do our own sort of um, prediction contest where maybe you guys can win a prize or maybe we'll figure something out that would be cool with that. But you guys should start and and you guys make your own picks. And, um, of course, don't listen to our picks and then make your picks because... You know, whatever. Or if you want to game it and try to figure out how to use our picks to get your own gaming going well. But basically, think about this as you also doing your own predictions or at least following along and seeing how we play these out. Because I think that we do a pretty good job of knowing what we're talking about. And I think it'll be really interesting for you to see how how each race plays out is impacted by um, the various variables that are in play. So anyway. All right, 
Here we go. We'll start with the 10K. We're starting with the men's 10K because it's the first final on Friday night, two days from when this podcast is released. FYI, weather in, in, in London, as Chris and I looked at it today, is looking optimal. So weather conditions, at least in the PM, should be really nice for these runners. Yes. Highs in the low 70s, lows in the mid-50s in London right now. London, incidentally, is six hours ahead of us. So if you happen to be looking at a, a schedule with local times, then that will be your guide. I will also post a link to the schedule so that you can look all of this up. But Friday night, we've got the men's 10K. Just as a reminder, the U.S. athletes in the field will be Hassan Mead, who won the U.S. champs in a kick finish, Shadrach Kipchachir and Leonard Career, who rounded out second and third at the U.S. champs. So, Steve, I'm going to throw it to you to start. What are your men's 10K predictions? Number one, hate to have Galen Rupp not in the game, but he's not, so let's not cry. Carry on. Number one, finisher in the men's 10,000 meters, I'm going with Mo Farah. I just have lots of reasons why I don't want him to win, but it being the first final of the meet, I just don't see a circumstance in which he doesn't win. He has stated publicly now a couple times that he wishes he had a couple more weeks to train, um, that he's not exactly where he wants to be. But earlier this year, he did run a 27-12, which is the third best time in the world mark this year. He also is the Olympic gold medalist. He is now has won the Olympic gold medal or the world championship medal in both the five and the 10. I don't even know how many times. Somebody else can figure that all out. He is the prohibitive favorite. And even if he is playing these sort of song and dance game about who's going to be, that he's not quite where he needs to be, We'll find that out in the 5K. I don't think we're going to find any of that out in this 10K. In my opinion, there's no way for any of this field to beat Mo Farah, no matter how hard they go. Now, there's super intriguing play lines here in terms of how I picked second and third, and that a lot of what goes into what, how this race is going to play out in the context of the race. We've got a couple of interesting stories. Number one, we've got the number one and the number two fastest in the world this year, both Ethiopians. Abadi Hadis and Jamal Yimmer. Neither one of those people am I picking in the top three. Not picking them at all. But I do think that the way that they choose to race might play into what happens in the way that race goes because they're going to do much better by pushing the field. The fourth best performance of the year is also an Ethiopian. So there is another play-in for how that might play out. So, but... Also going on is the Kenyan side. The East Africans will play against each other. And Mo in the past has been able to sit at the back of the pack, play cherry pick the race, move up when he wants to, get to the front about 2K out from the race. He does this every single race. And then he just winds it up and doesn't let anybody pass him. So I think that the other two team, the other two people, both um, Joffrey Camor and Paul Tanui, who are the Kenyans, they are not already at this point, they haven't played team tactics. And the Kenyans don't play team tactics the way the Ethiopians do. The Ethiopians play team tactics. Just, they're, mili- they're, they're, they're nearly German. I mean, they're, they're military about the way that they do things. The Kenyans are way more freeform. They're always looking for individual opportunity. But I do think that we'll see some Kenyans on, a Kenyan on the podium. So my first pick, again, is Mo Farah. But I think the way this race is going to go out, I'm telling you, I had this guy initially as my, as my wild card, but I'm now picking him in my second position. His name's Joshua Cheptegei. This gentleman, 
almost stole the World Cross Country Championships. If you listen to one of our former podcasts, he was so far out in front. He made such a big, bold move. He went after it so hard, he almost pulled off a win. Now, he died spectacularly. He was on home ground there in Uganda. He is a Ugandan. This guy has balls that are so big, no one can... They, they won't fit in his shorts. This guy is the toughest guy out there. And I think there's going to, while there might be some team tactics going into play, I think Joshua is going to basically take this race. He's run 12.59 for the 5K this year. He has not won any of the races that he's been in. And in many cases, he's only been third or so. So he, a lot of people will probably question this choice. Again, he was my wild card for a while. But I decided at the last minute to pull him into second place because I think what's going to happen, I think he's going to try to make the race. He's going to get away. He's going to push it. They've got decent weather. He's been waiting for this chance. He made a big move at the World Cross Championships. I think Chep guy, I think he's going to make, he's going to go for it. With that in play, it was like, okay, who's going to be third? All right. I went with Joffrey uh, Camelwar. He's just, he's a World Cross Country Championship. He was sick at last year's. Uh, Olympic Games. He was the runner-up to Mo at Pre, which was really the early season sort of tester race. He won or got he won his, his the Kenyan the Kenyan trials. He's just operating on another level. If you go back and watch the kick that Paul Tanui threw down to get silver medal at the Olympic Games, you'd probably be thinking about putting him in second place. I mean, putting him on the podium. And I do have him as my wild card because I think his kick is pretty amazing. So I'm going to hold him in that position. But I'm going to go Mo Farah for the win. Joshua Cheptegei for second, the Ugandan, and third place, Joffrey Kamawar. My first place U.S. finisher is going with Leonard Career. I think that the race will be real. I think he will have, he has the, he's the, got the greatest fitness. He's been proving his fitness all summer long. Those guys are going to be ready. I just don't think they're podium ready. I don't think they're, and I don't think Hassan Mead's kick is going to make one lick of difference in the way this race plays out. So those are my three picks. Chris, what do you got? And your wild card again was? My wild card is Paul Tanui. The, Keith, the Kenyan who was second at the Olympic Games. But remember, Joffrey Kamawar was not at the Olympic Games. Well, he was at the Olympic Games. He just got sick as a dog, and he was not at the level that we thought that he could have been at that race. All right, so we've definitely got some differences here, although two of our podium picks are identical. One thing, first of all, you just need to set the stage. Mo Farah. Yes, the greatest, the, the, the world, the greatest... 5,000, 10,000 meter runner the world has ever seen, he, period. In 2012, he won in London at, at the Olympics there, the 5K and 10K double. He has since won the 5K, 10K double at every international championship meet that he's competed at, the Olympics twice and the world championships twice. So he's won eight in a row, essentially, 5Ks and 10Ks. And... He has said that this he might fell be down last year. Remember, yeah, he, he, he lost down. his shoe, fell down, or something Rump happened. Tripped to him. him. Yep. <laughs> so this, and he has said this may be his last year on the track. So this could be his swan song. So for me, the number one storyline to this whole thing is: is Farah fit enough to finish the deal in front of his home crowd? That he started in London in 2012. So this would be the perfect symmetry for him to go out. On top. I think if he does the double here and wins them both, then he will walk off the track and never perhaps race a track beat again. Because doing that in front of your home cloud, crowd, you know, to make it 10 in a row would be ridiculous. Now, I think if he doesn't do that, 
that we might see him on the track again just because yeah. he'll be hungry. He might be an Ezekiel He'll be Crenboy. hungry for yep. more, especially because he has said he's not in peak form for whatever reason this year. So, like you, I agree that Josh Cheptegui is going to make this race interesting, and I think he's the one to watch. The Ugandan, he'll be in a different... Yellow. He'll be in he'll yellow. He'll be in a yellow singlet, and if he presses the pace early on, then... The Kenyans should thank him, should maybe a little write a little thank you note because they need this race to go quickly in order to burn off Farah's kick because I think the only way Farah wins this is if it goes slow because I don't think he's in the same condition that he was in the past to be able to just sit there and wait, you know, wait and wait and wait. And so I think because Chip Tegi's going to take it out, I don't actually think he'll end up on the podium as a result, but I think he'll just like in World Cross, he'll sort of burn himself off and then fly out the back. I think it's gonna get it's gonna get mixed up, and I think the Kenyans are gonna be there to pounce this time around. So I'm predicting that World your World Cross Championship, Jeffrey Kamrori. Kamor. Kamor, yeah, we're gonna butcher all these names. He was second in Beijing to Mo Farah in the last World Championships. And I think this time, with a race that goes out legitimately, he'll have a chance with a burned-off kick from Vera to be able to take it at the gun, hopefully just sitting on Cheptegi as long as possible until he has to take over. So I'm picking him for the win. You're, you're picking you're picking Kamora for, the, for win. the win. Wow, okay. He finished second in the last World Champs. And so I think he's he's there knocking on the door with Farah and just needs the right race to play out. So I'm picking him he for the win. By him at, at, he got beat by him at pre, though. You I think? understand that. Okay. So I'm picking him for the win. Mo Farah for second. I think that one's going to be a close race. And then I think off of a fast pace, I think it's, it's a crapshoot for that third spot. And probably off of any race, it's a crapshoot for that third spot. And so I'm... I'm actually going with a dark horse Kenyan here. I think Tanui, as you said, is probably, you know, if you were being completely rational, the next one you would put on the podium. But I actually like their third runner, Beta Machuri, who finished fourth in the World Championships in Beijing. In Beijing, He's been knocking on the door a few times, has shown the fitness to be there. I think he's going to, I think Tanui's going to fade late. And I think the third Kenyan, Beta Machuri, is going to, sneak in for the bronze to round out the podium my number one u.s runner would be leonard career i agree with you on a fast pace i think he's probably got the edge over kiptish here and then my my wild card is chip taggy because i do think if for some reason he's able to hang on then he could sneak in for that third position potentially well and i do think you know the original idea that chris and i had for this wild card is that they're the ones who are going to make the race we're not using the wild card as sort of a layup for, um, oh, I'm going to pick somebody because that way I can, they might be on the podium so I can get a half point out of it. We're, we're picking that, that person to say, there's someone who's going to make the race, make something happen, somebody that's going to keep it exciting, and therefore, if they do podium, we can get some credit for that. And I, had, I did have Joshua Cheptegi in that role, but then in the last, I just watched a couple more races. Again, the thing that impressed me the most about Chip Taggy, he just ran 12.59 really recently. So his, he's wheelie, he's fast, he's we, he can push hard, and I think he's been laying up and waiting. We'll see. 
already right off the bat, Chris, serious point differentials. <laughs> We're not calling it straight up. And um, so we should see some difference. We should see some points spreading where yes, we might not right get away. Many, we might not get any points at all, but we will be different in the points played out because you know what? We didn't mention those Ethiopians again. Number one and number two time of the year. Are Ethiopians. We just literally we just world leaders. We just we just kicked them off the kicked them to the curb. We didn't even pay any attention to them. These are this is coming from the second best the second best distance running nation in the entire world who some might actually argue is the best distance running nation in the world but we're not we're just we're not even putting them we don't even have them on the podium or in our wild card position anyway so they can all fun. play spoilers correct but i do think for that casual fan watching this first big final is watch how that pace goes out if it goes out fast Farah's in trouble if it doesn't then look for Farah to kick it home and when uh, yet again, his fifth straight. Just a little, world final. just a little thing to throw in there. Just remember, Mo Farah did run twenty-seven twelve. So he this year. So while he says he's not quite where he has been before, he's still. And no one has outkicked him unless it was a fifteen hundred. Nobody's outkicking him. Anyway, we'll see. So we'll see. Good luck. I'm but looking right. forward to those three you're points. Right. Give me them three points. <laughs> just drop can, them in my could, bucket. <laughs> you could take the edge right away with that. <laughs> All right, so that's your men's 10K. Now let's switch gears to the women's 10K. This happens the so tough. This race the was next so tough night, to call. August 5th, Saturday night. So basically, your second final is your women's 10K. This one, just as a reminder, the U.S. athletes in the field will be Molly Huddle, Emily Enfield, and Emily Sisson. Unfortunately, I don't think any of those three again have a chance, but, you know, potentially Emily Enfield and, and Molly could be in the mix, depending on how things play out. I'm going to go first here, Steve. And to me, the big question mark that we don't have any information on is Alma Zayana. She is the world record holder in the 10K, gold medalist from the Olympics, set that world record in Rio. I remember watching that to the point where I had to turn it off. As she surged off a of world record pace, I thought there is absolutely no way in the world that this woman is clean. I got to watch that race literally sitting in a hotel in a, in a hotel lobby with Jim Bevan, the coach at Rice, and he did the same thing. He literally turned away and said, "I cannot watch <laughs> this anymore." And I again disagree with you and with Coach Bevan. And I said, "Will we ever see?" a body move through space in this race this way ever again. And I watched it as poetry in motion. But anyway, it, different it views. was impressive, but I, I will say all signs point to doping on her. I, I, somebody I would call bullshit on. And no surprise, she disappears from the world stage as often dopers do. So they it's can't so get, true. So they can't get Very tested true. after major races. And she literally doesn't have a race between Rio winning the gold, setting the world record and now. So we don't have any information. No, on. She had one race between then. She ran the 5,000, got her ass kicked. Okay, Remember? I didn't even see that. She ran the 5K at the Olympic Games. Oh, yeah, Games. that's right. Well, she got third there. Right, so, but I mean, she, she got her, get no, her she ass kicked. She got her she, ass kicked. I mean, she got third. But anyway, point being, since Rio, we haven't seen, we have no information on the world record holder, gold medalist from Rio. And, and so that makes this one really difficult to call. Now, that being said, you know, really this kind of this race to me comes down to it's the Kenyans versus the Ethiopians. You've got several top-notch female Ethiopian athletes, several top-notch Kenyan athletes, and they're pretty much going head to head here. And I do think that potentially we could see a US spoiler if things play out the right way. But 
This isn't Beijing. It's not going to be hot. The weather's going to be ideal. So I don't necessarily see that happening. So assuming Ayana is on her game, this is a Almaz Ayana versus Tiranesh Dibaba race for the gold. Now, I'm in my predictions, maybe to my detriment, assuming that Ayana is not going to be on form. We haven't seen a race from her. I'm, I'm assuming she's not going to be on form. So I'm kind of calling this based on that. And so I like Tiranesh Dababa to win as a result. She ran 217 in London in April. Now, it's a little bit hard to, to kind of bounce back from that, but we've, we're all the way to August. She's had a little bit of time. Plus, she's one of the Dababa sisters, which you know might be <laughs> you know, some of the greatest female distance runners ever. Certainly you know, between, the best family ever. Between her and her yep. sister, Janezaba, which we'll talk about in a second. So I'm picking Tiranesh Dababa for the gold. And then I like a couple of Kenyans, Agnes, Agnes Tirop and Irene Cheptai, rounding out the podium. Cheptai won World Cross, so she's had some results that show that, although she got beat by Tirop at the Kenyans trials, Kenyan trials. So I'm predicting a race that goes Ethiopian, Kenyan, Kenyan, Dababa, Tirop, Cheptai. Top U.S. athlete, I have Molly Huddle. I think she'll be... She won't make the same mistake. As last world at Worlds in 2015. Right. She won't get nipped in the line and she'll be hungry. I think she'll slot into fifth or sixth depending on how things play out. But I do also have her as my wild card. I do think if something goes wrong, if Ayana isn't on her game as I predict, and then one or two others of those Ethiopians or Kenyans aren't on their game, Huddle's going to sneak in there and she's hungry from just missing a medal in Beijing in 2015. So I've got her as my wild card. But I also think Emily Enfield could be in that same position potentially. Both of them could end up on the podium if if everything goes their way. Those are my picks, Steve. What do you got? All right, so I played this one out. We have two of the same people on podium positions. No, we have we have two people on the podium positions, and we but we have different order. And I just don't see any scenario where Almaz Ayana is not the winner of this race. So. I don't. I think there's games, gamesmanship going on. I do think that this is one of those reasons where someone could say that perhaps doping is in effect because um, of the her race result that she had at the Olympics um, last year, and also the fact that we haven't seen anything from her for eleven months. Her agent has stated she's ready to go, and I don't think he would make that statement if he didn't if he didn't know it. Now, of course, there's gamesmanship that goes into these things, just like boxing matches, just like any other sporting event. They're not going to say we don't have our best player ready to go. But let's also talk a little bit about what's going on in Ethiopia. It's kind of a weird situation. At their Olympic trial, in June 10th, they had their world championship trials in Henglo, which is like they don't even run them in their country, which is a little bit weird. But they went, they had four... The first place was a girl named Burka. Another, the next place was Teferi. The next place was Algira. None of those three people made their Olympic team. Like they didn't even want. They went. They had an Olympic trials, in essence, and then none of those people are on the team. They're not going to not allow those runners. And they ran thirty forty, thirty forty one, and thirty forty four. I mean, we're talking smoking fast times. They left all three of the top three girls at home. They brought the fourth place finisher for some reason and rounded out with Ayana and Dababa. Now, no arguments for why Ayana and Dababa are on that team. Zero arguments whatsoever. But it must mean something. In my opinion, it means something. Now, then the question is, can Dababa beat Ayana? So, I just don't think it's possible. I think Ayana is 
if she comes in in even moderate form, even in moderate form, I don't think that anybody else can beat her because I think Dababa is the only one who could beat her at this point, given wheels and strength. Because the two Kenyans who I'm going to talk about, two of whom you've got picks in, they're world cross runners. They're not like Obiri, who we'll talk about in the five, who's just fast. She's just fast. These girls are world, they're, they're strong. They're super strong. And they, they went one, two at their Kenyan trials. They're strong. And it's going to be a different kind of game when you get under the bright lights in London under perfect weather conditions. It's going to be a different situation. I got Ayana for the win. Dababa for second, and Agnes Tirat because she is the one who's been performing at the best over the last little while. She was the Kenyan Trials champion. She ran 14.33 this year, too. 14.33 is smoking fast. She's got some wheels, but again, they're doing that from the front, off the front, and you know, the other thing is Tirat, I put her in that spot, too, because she's the reason Ayana ran the world record. I mean, if you watch that race, she was crazy. You got to watch that race. She was crazy. People, the, the, the English commentators on the BBC were like, who is this person and what the fuck is she doing? She's going, throwing some crazy ass stuff out here. And I think she's now learned enough. She's has a lot of races. I think she'll get the third spot. I do have Irene Cheptai, the same person that you have getting third. I have her as my wild card. I'm putting her in the wild card because she did win the World Cross Country Championships. I just don't think there's anybody else in this race. I don't think there's another player that's even around. Of course, one of the things we need to talk about is the fact that two people who could actually be in that game and could play that thing off, Vivian Cherit, who really also broke the world record in that same race that Ayana did. She's out. She's not healthy. And also Betsy Sena, who ran at Iowa State, is not healthy. She's not out there. She's not running, too. So there are some big missing pieces here. I have my American first place finisher, first American in this case will be Molly Huddle. I think she'll run a solid race. I think this will be the last world cha- last track race that Molly Huddle runs at a championship level outside of the U.S. championships. I think we'll still see Molly run at the U.S. championships for the 10K because it makes a lot of sense to use that race and for a lot of other reasons. But I don't think, I think this is will be, and I, there's a good reason to make her my wild card. I have a lot of reasons to do that. But I just think that those two Kenyans and those two Ethiopians are so far ahead. And I'm going for Ayana. I, I'm going for Ayana to get it. Again, I'm not necessarily a super fan of Ayana, except for when you watch Poetry in Motion. She is Poetry in Motion. And I just don't see a situation where she can get beat, assuming she comes in even at moderate fitness. So we've got big playing it right down the middle of the fairway, Steve. A little different than before. No, I'm playing. I'm playing it the way I think the races are going to go. I literally am not doing it on the numbers. I'm, I I told you before when I lost last time, I played it based on on energy, and I do have some energy picks here. But this one, I just said, no, I'm I'm going by what I think is going to happen on race day in the race, and I think if Ayana comes in even in 75% fitness, 80% fitness, even her teammate can't beat her, and I think her teammate will get second. All right. Well, we've got separation that should form immediately on these first yes. two days, so it should be interesting. So next is the marathon. This this one plays out both men's and women's on Sunday, the 6th. The sad thing or interesting thing about this is that they decided to have both of these races on the same day, and they're happening pretty much in the middle of the damn day. The men start at 10.55 local time. And the women start at 2 p.m. So basically, they're they're doing these back-to-back, which I think is a little bit sad because, I mean, 
as a fan, it's hard to watch six six hours of marathoning in one day. So I'd kind of rather these be spread out for that reason. But also because these athletes are going to have to compete in the middle of the day when, yeah, it's not super warm here in London, but it's going to be closer to the highs than the lows, which means that you're you're going to have the weather potentially play a factor for some of these athletes. So we'll start with the men's because that's the earlier of the two events. We've got just as a reminder, well, not even as a reminder because we didn't talk about this on our USA Champs preview show, but for the U.S. men, we've got three athletes in the field, Bobby Curtis, Augustus Mayo, and I don't even know how to say his first name, but his last name is Kibet. Who does? I thought we had Abdi Abdurrahman. No, he's out. Oh, I'm, scratch. I'm screwed. Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Abdi's out. He has scratched. They brought in Diego Estrada as the the other alternate, but Kibet, Curtis, and Bayo, from what I can tell, are your top three for the U.S. Steve, I'll take this to you. But as I do that to kind of tee it up, this really, you know, typically as world championships go, the fields are usually weaker for the marathon than on the track because you have a lot of athletes that are playing for Chicago or Berlin or some of the really fast fall races that command appearance money and, and a lot of prize money. And in this case, none of that's really at stake. So you often don't have a great world championship event in the marathon, as you alluded to earlier. This one, though, men's and then especially women's is pretty stacked. So how did you call it? So <clears throat> I went back and forth, left and right, up and down on this one, like I have with most of them. But so initially. Well, I'll just give you my order. Uh, number one, I think the person who's going to win the race is Tamarat Tola. I, I know that he's got the fastest time. I also know that that usually is a poor choice in terms of picking your winner. But he's also the guy who I think has all the skill set to win it, who raced the, le- the latest, the raced the earliest in a marathon of everybody else. So he ran a marathon... Um, in January to prep for this. It was his debut, I believe. He was th- This guy was third this last year, 2016, in the 10K, which doesn't always translate, except that he did run in a pretty big race after that, his debut in 204. And I just think that he's going to have... Also, the other thing about this in the marathon is the Ethiopians have been an unlucky in the win. They have been catastrophically unlucky in the win. And I think that they're, they made a choice in pushing uh, Kenanesi Bakela out. or he, he said he bowed out, but I think he got pushed out, honestly, by not being quite at the fitness level that they needed him to be um, after his London race. He just it wasn't quite where he needed to be. And so I think that that also told me that they, didn't, they, wanted, to put, they wanted to put a new young face who they thought had a chance to win it. I think the Ethiopians are doubling down on Tola for the win, and I think he'll feel that pressure, and he will do the best that he can to get the job done. Again, if he hadn't gotten third in the 10K, I know that doesn't always translate, but he's also run 204. I think he's going to be ready for the win. My second place finisher, again, here between my second and my third, they both raced this spring, which a lot of times people would say, you know, why in the world are you throwing these guys out there? You would think that them racing so recently would negatively impact them but we're talking about Joffrey Karui here who I have in the second place it was really hard not to put him in first place based on what I saw at Boston 
the amount of control and poise he has, the fact that his coach in Konova, Konova knows exactly what he's doing and having him positioned where he is. I just think that that an April race date will make it harder for him to compete with Tola, who's hungrier, wants it worse, and needs it more than Karui, than, um, Karui needs it. And then my third place finisher, I'm picking the London winner, Daniel Wanjuri. Wanjuru, not to be confused with... Um, the other Wanjuru who threw himself in a drunken fit off of a freaking veranda, or if that's actually what happened, we're not really sure. But Daniel won London, ready to roll again, though, April, and then racing now in August, early August. Seems like a short turnaround. And for that reason, again, I don't think that this field is very inspiring to me. I don't even gonna, I'm not even going to pick a wild card in this race because I really don't have one. I just think these three guys are the three guys that are head and shoulders above everybody else. I, I you know what? I'll change my mind. If I'm gonna pick, if I'm gonna pick somebody, I'm gonna pick. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't even have his a name. I'll, I'll come back to you in a little bit about that one. But uh, I'm going number one Tola, number two Karui, number three Wanjuru. My American is Quebec because I just found out that he was even in the race, and the other two inspire absolutely zero. It, I, I don't think they have any chance whatsoever of even being in there. So the guy I don't even know is the guy I'm going to pick. We're fielding the worst American men's world championship team. We should be embarrassed. Like We should have a better team going to this race. We should demand it of our marathoners to do that, in my opinion. I mean, I know... I guarantee you Ethiopia did. I don't guarantee you they made Tola pick this race. And so, again, I think that Ethiopia has all the game, all the fight. And um, I get Kibet on, on the American Kibet, again, who I don't even know what the heck's going on with that. I'm just picking them. And my wild card, I'm not even playing. I'm disappointed in the men's marathon. I'm interested in what happens in one, two, three. We'll see. Chris, how do you call it? Well, <laughs> there's lots of similarities here on this one. I do think that the, the top of the top is pretty pretty clear cut in this case with maybe a, f a few names that might interchange but in terms of places but <clears throat> for me this one is is as we talked about with the women's 10k this is kind of Kenya versus Ethiopia again your top Kenyans versus your top Ethiopians and so I'll just roll through it I I'm going with Joffrey Karui to win you know he won Boston ran away from Rupp making it look very, very easy. I don't think he was that stressed winning Boston, even though that is a tough race. So I'm picking him as the young young gun taking the win. I've got Tola in my second spot. So, you know, but to me, again, those two are kind of the top two for clearly, assuming Bekele's not in the race, which he's not. You know, those two are your kind of clear top two and I think could come in either order. And we've got that represented. And then I've got Wenjuru rounding out the podium. So I think this one's pretty straightforward. You know, I do think there's another Ethiopian, Seagay, who I predict to make some waves in Boston, who kind of blew up there. He finished in the World Championships last time in second place, so he's got a silver from Beijing. I have Seagay as my uh, wild card. I, I didn't have it in my notes, but it's actually on my oh, sheet. I didn't type it in. You can, you can see I couldn't have typed it this fast. There it is. Now Steve is just making stuff up as he goes, I think, as I, as I give him wild card picks. So Seagay's another Ethiopian. It's, it's typed in. I couldn't yeah, have gone so and he, printed it out. He's, he's another one of the Ethiopians. He's actually finished in the top four twice in the world champ, so it tends to show up for this race. So he's one that could also be on the podium, but I do think those top three are head and shoulders above. But this is going to be 
the green Ethiopian singlets or vests, as the British announcer would say, versus the red uh-huh. Kenyan vests. And, you know, there's not much more to it. I do think you'll see some Japanese athletes in the mix, maybe for a little bit of the race. But once things get down to brass tacks in the final six, it's going to be green versus red. In terms of my other picks, I've got Bobby Curtis as my as my pick, sort of the blue-collar American runner who, even though he's not super fast, seems to be pretty consistent. And I think consistency, if you're not racing at the front, trumps all. So I'm picking Bobby Curtis as the American, top American. I agree with you. Our field on this side is weak for the men. And my wild card probably has zero chance, but I'm picking Colin Hawkins, the British athlete who has made waves at the New York half earlier this year, has done really well to 10K and a half marathon, has yet to really prove himself at the marathon. He's got one of those under his belt in a two, a 210, which is pretty pedestrian. But it was his first, right? But it was, But it was his first, and so you never know. And I think propelled by those British crowds, if the race goes out the right way, starts pretty slowly, he could be in the mix. You never know, kind of carried on by the London crowd. So... I think that's a way, way out there wild card, but I'm going to throw it that throw it out that's there. That's why it's there. Just so that's that why it's there. people have kind of a, a human interest story to latch onto as the local guy trying to do it for his country. So Colin Hawkins is my wild card. Other than that, as you said, I think this one's pretty straightforward. Green versus red. We'll see who wins. All right, so let's turn our attention to the women's marathon also happening on Sunday, August 6th. at 2 p.m. So if you're a really committed fan, you're going to be watching all day World Championship marathoning. On the American side, we've got three athletes competing. Serena Burla, Amy Hastings-Craig, and by my latest check, Lindsay Flanagan has been subbed in for Laura Thweet as our third on the start line. Unfortunately, again, I think the Americans don't have a chance here. But I do think we have a better chance in this race than, than we do in the men's side. So could be interesting. But if you look at the top of this race, it's deeper than the men's for sure. There's some really, really interesting names at the top, starting with Edna Kiplagat, who won Boston and who is kind of marathon royalty, as it were, at this point, given her history. She's going for her third world championship gold. So she didn't win in 2015, but she won in both 2011 and 2013 and is trying to get that medal back from Mari Tababa, not related to the other Dababa Tiranesh that we mentioned, who won it in 2015. So in my mind, those two, Dababa versus Kiplagat, is sort of your one versus two battle. And if they're both on form, which they seem to be, and Dababa, by the way, finished third in the Olympics and won the last world championship. So she's going for the repeat here. I think it's it's those two for one, two. I'm picking Dababa for the win. Mari Dababa, Edna Kiplagat for second. Although those are tough and I think could be interchanged. My, my picks there are, again, just the fact that Kiplagat's older. She's coming off of Boston, maybe given that the fact that she's a little older, hasn't recovered as well. Dababa raced well earlier this year, but she's younger. So I'm picking Dababa for the win to repeat as world champ. Kipla got in second. And then Eunice Kerwa to finish in third because of her history in world championship level 
events. She finished second in the Olympics, third in the last World Championships. So Yuna Kerwa, Kenyan athlete, although she's she actually competes for Bahrain now, so she's going to have on a red vest. So in this case, it'll be two slightly different colored reds versus your green. Again, I think this is an, a, a battle of Kenya versus Ethiopian and former Kenyans that are now in Bahrainian vests. So that's my top three. Dababa Kiplagat Kerwa. My wild card in this one is a Japanese athlete, actually. I think the Japanese women, all three of them, actually have really compelling resumes. The best of those three is Yuka Ando. And I think you could see a white Jap- white-vested Japanese athlete sneak onto the podium if the race plays out the right way. So that's my wild card. And I think your top American is going to be Serena Burla. Her PR is actually faster than Amy Hastings Craig. And... And I'm just worried about Amy's form, given that she's had a little bit of an up-and-down year. Those are my picks, Steve. What do you got? We got almost everybody in the same position. Just, I mean, everybody on the, same, on the podium or in play. We just have them in different spots. I'm, my number one pick is the Bahrainian Eunice Kerwa. I've got her picked for number one. She raced in early March um, in Nagoya and ran 221.19. She was silver at the Olympics. She's played this race out to be ready for the world championships. And I think she's banking on that as a win. And I think that will see her through. I've got Kiplagat in second. So we've got Kiplagat in the same exact spot. But my reasoning for putting Kiplagat there is that I just, I just don't think that she can get recovered quick enough um, from Boston. I think Boston beats people up. There's a reason why we didn't see uh, a Galen Rupp at the World Championships this year, not because he didn't want to be there in the 10,000, just because he had a hard time getting back. Yes, that was a month and a half prior to the World Champs, or but I still think it's it's a tough thing for Edna to do. But I think if she does do this, she's going to go down as one of the absolute greatest marathoners in history on the women's side for her her racing at the highest levels at the times that it matters. If she could figure out a way to win, I think it would cement her is is one of the greatest of all time in the marathon on the women's side. Um, I just don't think she's going to be able to pull it off. And so I have Mari Dababa, who was third at the Olympics behind Kirwa. Um, I have her in third. So we have our order just a little bit turned around. Um, but we have we have our one and three flipped, but we have our two in the same spot. And um, our wild card is the same person. I, I would have loved to put Yuka Anda... The way that she raced, she was second to Kerwa in that race in Nagoya. She was only about like 20 seconds or 20, I think 15 or 20 seconds behind her in a debut. That was her debut marathon. I think that she's one who, I think that at the end of the day, people will, if she does get on this, if she does get up there, both of us will wish we had put her in there, but at least we both called it. I'm, I'm pretty certain if that race sits around and plays around and doesn't go hard and fast, I think she's got a, a, a I think she's got a real punter's chance to be on the podium. Um, and then I pick um, just for a differentiator. I've I'm, I've got Amy Craig as my first American. I hear all your arguments, but I don't think she would have gotten on the starting line if she didn't feel like she was ready. But it is a big question mark of the fact that she did not get on the starting line at the ten thousand and totally screwed up my 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 picks for the 10k at USA's. So I'm, I'm going to pick her because I didn't get her there. If she's going to get on the starting line, I'm expecting her to show up and race. So, and Jerry has proven that he can get people ready to go, even if they don't have a bunch of races prior. And Berla is known for running fast, but not necessarily running in big races at the top level. So that's, that's why I, I picked, um, and, and, and Flanagan is a, is a, it's just, is just a throw in the, in the pot at the last minute. 
So, um, which honestly, I think we all must, honestly, I don't know really how it benefits anybody in that case. Uh, but whatever. I, I'm a little bit, I get a little sour because I have an athlete that I think should actually be running in London who I coach who isn't going to be able to get, doesn't get on the starting line because they have much harder standards. And so when I see the, U, the U.S. just throwing, I mean, not that Lindsay Flanagan is a terrible runner. She's a solid runner with known with good results, but it's like, just don't, don't toss that stuff out there. Let's just keep it where we're at, but put people out there that can compete because in every other area we do compete. If you're going to go to an alternate now, Kara Galter is actually the alternate of the alternate. It's like, if you're going to go to an alternate, why not pick it? But Kara wouldn't ruin her season just to get on a starting line at a world championships. If it doesn't feel like she's ready, she would have said no probably. And they probably did ask her. She probably said, no. I I don't know. She has said she wants to wear the U S singlet one more time. Anyway, that's the marathon. Again, in both of those races, we're looking for the red versus the green, more or less. Those are your top athletes, the East Africans in this time, in this event. So, turning the page to the next one, we're going to the, the 1500. Whew. The women's 1500. Oh, man. Is the, the next final on the docket. It's happening on Monday, August 7th. And as I told Steve in text as I was preparing. This has got to be the most stacked field ever. It's unbelievable. The field, almost impossible to pick. I spent so much time on this that I probably would rather have back, but now I'm <laughs> super excited to watch it. On the on the women's 15 side, just as a reminder, we've got Jenny Simpson, Kate Grace, and Sarah Vaughn as our three there. Both Kate Grace and Jenny Simpson have legitimate chances to be in the final. And if they are... You never know what can happen in a 1,500-meter final, so that could be exciting. But the field the field otherwise is so stacked that it's hard to believe that this time we're going to get an American on the podium. So, Steve, we'll take it to you. Women's 15, what do you got? Uh, this was the toughest one to call. I watched race after race. I put did crunch the numbers. I... I thought I was going to pick Dababa for the win without a question. I thought for sure I was going to have her in that position. She ran a 4.16 mile this year and hasn't over-raced, which she's done in the past. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it. I'm going to say Alberto Zalazar factor. I think uh, Sifan Hassan has moved over to running with, with uh, Alberto, and Alberto has proven to get people into gold medal positions at the races that matter. And now that he's taken on more international athletes— the way she's won two Diamond League races this year, the way that she won them, she won them against all comers, all the way. She did get beat once or twice, but she's looking in fine form, and I'm certain that her periodization is exactly right, dialed in to the to perfection. She's also considering coming back in the 5K, which should be super interesting. But the 15s happening first, so. There's no question about where I'm seeing where she's going to position herself and what places she's going to get. So I'm picking her again. She's gone sub 357 three times this year. That's that's huge. Her level of consistency, which says to me she's ready for rounds. I know her coach has her ready for rounds. That she's moved up to the five. So I've got Sifan Hassan for the win. The other thing too, something that maybe we may not know. We're going to talk about the women's eight. In the women's eight, we saw these three women come within. I mean, 155, 155, 155, all three coming across the finish line. And who was fourth in that race? But Sifan Hassan in fourth place in 156 in a huge PR. This woman is ready to roll. She's dialed up, locked and loaded. He's got a coach who knows how to get it done. Sifan Hassan for the win, which I think you might have called, Chris, but I think others won't call that. I think they're going to want to go with Dababa with the great performance she had this year. That 416 is a real result, but I'm, and it was solo. She did it solo. But that's the problem with Genezi Dababa. 
Solo is how she seems to always put her great races in. How many times is she winning at the top, top level? She's done it a few times. She's won a world championship medal. But last year, she didn't get it done. I just don't see it happening. I got Dababa for second place, which was so hard to pick. I wanted to give Faith Kipyagon, who was the Olympic gold medalist, Again, I'm giving the Olympic gold medalist third place at the World Championships. But I think Hassan has just shown herself. Dababa coming back, being hungry. I think she's going to get it right in the 1500. I got her at second. I got Faith Kipyagon, which is hard for me to pick. I hope Faith wins the whole thing, to be honest with you. I would love to see her win. And she also has won two Diamond League wins this year, has run super fast a number of times. This is the race of the meet, in my opinion. This race, if it goes off well and has run well and it becomes a real championship race, should be so much fun to watch. My first American, I, I, I really do think that Kate Grace probably is faster than Jenny right now, but I'm going to say in this level of race and the way this race is going to play out, Jenny knows how to get herself right where she needs to be. She always ends up right. I mean, she medaled at the, at the Olympics again, right? But she gets herself in the right place at the right time all the time. So I got Jenny being the one to make the most. But I think fifth, sixth is probably the best we're going to get there. My wild card is super interesting. If she hadn't broken her foot earlier in the year, maybe she wouldn't be there at all, or maybe she would be better off. I don't know. My wild card is Laura Muir. There was one point in time where I actually picked her to win. And then I went back through the results again and again, and I watched footage of Diamond League races this year. Laura Muir has no chance. Her style of racing will not allow her to get in the play, but she's a wild card that if something weird happens in that race and they sit around and play tiddlywinks and she goes off the front and one or two people go and the others don't chase her, unlikely scenario, I get that it's unlikely. But if it does happen, she's a wild card who could maybe make something happen. She faded badly at the Olympics, but I think she's learned from her mistake. I got Laura Muir, the Scot, the girl from the Scotland who re represents the GB. I think she will get our, she'll get, she's in that wild card position. So, I mean, and there's bodies all the way down past that. But Chris, that's my top three with my five, my American and my, and my uh, wild card. Where do you see it playing out? Well, first of all, I think the rounds on this one are going to be super interesting, especially depending on how people get paired up. Some of these favorites get paired up together mm -hmm. because I think this is one where I, you know, I kind of hope that we get all the heavy players in the final, but I think this is one where you could end up with somebody somehow getting caught out if a race goes slow. But the rounds will be super interesting. My top three, at least the, the women in the mix are the same. I've got a different order. But the other thing before I dive into that, though, that we got to talk I just, about. I just got your implication there. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I know your wild card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So the the one thing we got to talk about before I give my picks is Caster Semenya. She is 800-meter gold medalist from Rio. And we'll talk about the 800 in a second. But is sort of one of these women that is competing with elevated testosterone and hydroandrogenism. And she's decided to double at this meet. So instead of just running the eight, as she has typically done in world-level meets, she's doing the 15 and the eight, which means she starts with the 15. So she starts day one, day two with heats and rounds, and then potentially this final on day four if she can make it there. So we've got to mention her. She's going to be in the mix, whereas she typically hasn't been. I think it's going to be interesting to see if she makes the final because tactically she hasn't necessarily proven that she has the chops <clears throat> to hang with some of these other women. But if she makes the final and the final's fast, then you never know what can happen, although her PR isn't 
it, the, you know, doesn't quite stack up with the rest of the group. So Semenya is someone to watch out for in the South African singlet. Going to my, going to my picks, I've got Faith Kipli- Kipyagon with the win. She won in Rio. She's won in Diamond League meets this year. She's the young gun of this group. And I think with rounds, I'm going to pick youth to to win it. I think she's also shown tactically that she can win a slow race as she did in the Olympics, or she can win a fast race if she needs to, if she has to run 358 to win this to win this meet. So I'm I'm picking Faith. I've got Dababa second. Although I do have concerns like you do with her tactics, so that'll be interesting. And I've got Hassan rounding out the podium. If anything, I question, you know, whether Hassan should kind of flip to the top. But I think if she doesn't win, I think she's going to fall to, to, to third or even end up off the podium, depending on how the race plays out. With the U.S. pick, I've got to agree with you. Jenny Simpson, I mean, she's got... This will be her, her, she's attempting to go for her third world championship medal. She's won gold. She's won a silver at the, at, at the world championships. She's won a, a bronze at the Olympics. So she just knows how to get it done. And I think her experience is going to put her in that first American spot. I would love to see Kate Grace in position in a slow race because you never know what she can do with true, her speed true. and strength. But I just think Simpson's going to beat her out. And then I've also got Laura Muir with the wild card again she's doing it sort of on home turf there in london so it'd be interesting to see if that can carry her unlike you know what she did at rio where she kind of faded late so i got one no pointed prediction right no credit for it castro won't show up for the first round of the 15 i think it's a i think she's full of shit i think she's she's playing a game um i hope she starts because if she starts then my 800 picks are going to be even better cuz she's going to go through the round she's going to they're going to sucker her in and it'll be awesome i hope she runs them but my guess is that she's all the things that people are giving shit to her about which is she's showboating and now she's using her bully pulpit her position to try to get as much attention as she possibly can, which some people will say, Steve, this is the same argument you made about Alyssa Montano and why you're grumpy about Herb doing that. And do- Well, you know what? Each person can do what they want to as they choose, and women should be empowered to do the best they can for themselves and for, the, for, for women. But I'm just a fan of the sport, and I happen to have a different thing dangling between my legs, and so I don't see it the same way. Honestly, my position is I bet you Castor's full of full of malarkey, and she's actually doing this for a press stunt, and it's not a real thing. And unlike the U.S. championships, and unlike other events, she won't be penalized for not showing up to those rounds. She declares it doesn't mean that it it, it stops her from competing in other races. I wish that they would do that. I wish that the world championships would have the same thing. Once you're declared, you have to compete, and you have to show good faith effort, or you'll disqualify. But that's not happening, and so I, 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 I surmise we might not even see her at the starting one. That'll be interesting because if she does run all the rounds in all in both events, she'll do three races in four days to start the championship. She'll have two days off, days fifth and six, days five and six, and then she'll have three races in four days. How many tempo runs do you think she's done? And at what paces out? has she done her, her threshold runs? Think about the other three people that we've picked, all the other women that we've picked in this 1500 field. They weren't running around trying to run 51 seconds for 400 meters. They were out doing real work, being ready for rounds and getting ready. I don't think she's, I think if she goes out there, she's going to get exposed. And I think she knows it. I hope she goes and it gets exposed. Incidentally, she's also listed for the South African 4x4 team <laughs> relay, relay to close out the meet, which would be happening the same day as, as the, uh, the 800 finals. So that's unlikely. 
So there you go. That's your women's 15. Now let's turn our attention to the men's 15. This one doesn't happen till the last day of the championship. So Sunday, August 13th, the men go off one of the last finals of the meet. We've got, for the men on the U.S. side, your Olympic champion gold medalist, Matt Centrowitz, who got second at the U.S. trials, Robbie Andrews, who won the U.S. trials, and John, John Gregoric rounding out our three. Now, this one, also going to be interesting. You've got some really, really ridiculous Kenyan athletes at the top of this race. I I assume Kiprop's going to race. This is one where you have four Kenyans actually listed because Kiprop is your defending I champion. I think he's racing. He, I don't, I, so I, he's, so I, he's in. So you've actually got four Kenyans, not three in this meet. Although, you know, we'll see where Kiprop, Kiprop is. I think one of the big questions is, Where's his form? Because basically he's raced like dog shit to this point. And that could be gamesmanship. That could be who knows what he tends to be. He ran a really solid 800, I saw, in one of the Diamond League races, which was really impressive. But anyway, go ahead. He he plays games, and you never really know what you're going to get from him. So for those reasons, and I'll go ahead and just roll right into my picks, I'm counting him out. I don't think Kiprop is going to be on form, and if he is on form, I don't think he's going to take it seriously enough to run the race ta- races tactically the way he needs to. I also think he's worried about getting beat by his his countrymen, and I think he's got two athletes, two other Kenyan athletes on the list that can basically take him to task at this point. And by slacking off or doing something stupid, he can kind of make excuses about not getting legitimately beat. So. My picks are as follows. I've got Kemway, however you say his name. Kemway. Kemway, mm-hmm. who run, has, won, has run two, sorry, 328 this year in Monaco, winning this thing. I think he and Minogi or Manag- Managuay, Managuay yeah. are your classes of the field. I think they're going to go 1-2 in a fairly quick final. And I'm picking the Wiley Matt Centrowitz to round out the podium. He didn't go into the U.S. trials on his game, but I think by this point he'll have, he'll have gotten enough to get into fitness to compete in a tactical race, and he is as tactically good as anybody. So I think he'll be your top American on the podium for bronze. My wild card, which isn't really a wild card in the sense that he's got a couple of major medals already, is Nick Willis. New Zealander getting a little bit long in the tooth, getting a little bit older, but he finished third in the Olympics last year. He's won a world championship medal before, and he has a silver from Beijing. So he's been on the podium before and knows how to get it done, not only timing his fitness the right way, but also tactically racing the right right way. So I'm picking him as a wild card for the podium, and I think he could easily sneak into that third spot. Those are my picks, Steve. What do you got? So this is the race I probably did the most homework on. I just I, I told this to Chris. I watched Monaco um, the night the day the night it ran, and uh, two guys I'd never really I'd, I'd heard of Managoy, but I hadn't actually seen him run, and I'd never ever heard in my life of of a guy named Timothy um, Chariot. Um, I watched that race. I thought Timothy Chariot Chariot was his pacer, 
Um, I swear he was his pacer. I showed it to a couple of folks that uh, run in our group this morning. I said, watch this race. What do you think's happening? They said the same thing. They kept waiting for him to step off at 500 to go, at 400 to go, at 300 to go, which is a really deep in a race for a pacer to go. But, you know, maybe the guy was going for the best drill. And I'd already heard some some chirping about Mangoy's Manigoy's fitness and how great he how great a runner he was, and I hadn't actually got to see him in full stride. I watched that race, and I got reengaged in the fifteen hundred meter in a way that I haven't haven't in a long time. I felt like the fifteen hundred meter recently over the last few years has just turned into a kicker's race. Now I'm not, I'm a huge fan of Matthew Centrowitz, and I am so proud of the fact that he won the Olympic gold medal, and I'm happy that he did. But I wonder how different that race would have been if it had been run in a different way. I still think that Matt Centrowitz would have medaled, but I'm not sure he won have won the gold. Not that I'm giving it away. It's a gold. It's a gold. He won it no matter what. End of story. But I don't think that's going to happen into the 2017 World Championships. I think this is going to be a serious race. There's too much talent. And the guys who are talented in the way they've raced this year, they've run from the front exceedingly hard. I'm picking for the win somebody you didn't even mention. Timothy Chariot, the way that he raced over the last few races, I also went back and then saw, so he got beat in that race by Manigoy in the race, but I thought he was the pacer. I thought he was leading the race out. I thought he did every little bit of the work. Then I watched another race. I can't remember exactly when it won, what it, which one it was. It might have been Paris, where with 300 meters to go, he jets out like McLuffy did at the Olympic Games in, in 2012 with, a, with an acceleration that no one else could match that was so fast. And this guy looks like, like the old, uh, like the old five k runner um, back in the day for uh, who won the Olympic gold medal in two thousand in nineteen eighty eight. I'm forgetting his name, but who was he's sort of loping, elongated stride, not a super doesn't look like a super fast guy, but he just accelerated with such speed. I was like, oh my goodness. Then I went and looked at the Kenyan Kenyan trials because that's key, right? And I'm going to say the name Ronald Kemway, who you talked about as the as your winner. He he absolutely decimated an incredible field in Doha over 3K. Beat our boy Paul Chalimo, the American, just stomped everybody, ran away from everybody in such a way that if if I hadn't seen the last two races of the year, I would have had Kemway as my winner almost for sure. But I don't. I've got Chariot for the win. I've got Managoy for second, and I've got Ronald Kemway for third. And I think that those are the that's the flip of how they finished at the Kenyan trials. You had you had Kemoy for the win, you had Managoy for the second, and you had Chariot for third. I think it's gonna be flipped. I think Chariot now see he's young, 18, 19, 20 years old. He sees, he's got the light, and I think he's gonna go for it. And I'll tell you this, nobody else has a freaking chance. And the reason they don't have a chance is because Chariot is not afraid to make the race go. Somebody's gonna make that race go. And if they do make it, I think Chariot's going to get the win. It's a little unconventional choice, but that's where I'm going. My American is Centrowitz. I know Robbie outkicked everybody else. This is a man's game. I don't think Robbie's ready to run at the level that these guys are. Centro has proven time and time again at every level that he's able to do it. His coach, again, is Alberto Zalazar. He's going to have him ready to roll. He didn't look so good earlier this year, but I think he's going to be ready to roll. He'll get through the rounds in the way that he needs to go. I do think if there's one person to not make it out make it into the final that would shock so many people it could be centro he's a guy i think could actually get bumped out because he might not be quite as sharp and ready to turn over when he needs to and then my wild card is a little bit different i went with aman wote the one ethiopian in the field who has won who won outright snuck away and stole away a diamond league race at lasan this year in the 15 and we haven't seen an ethiopian compete 
at a high level in the 1500 in a long, long time. We've got a guy who might do it. So I'm throwing him in there as my wild card, assuming there ends up to be some hoo-rah-rah Ethiopian mojo that happens in this meet. It's a chance that he could get out there. And it's also, if everybody sits around, he's proven that he can go out, get away, and stay away. I don't think that's going to happen at this world championship. I think this and the women's 1500 are the races of the meet to watch. They're going to be so much fun. Those are my picks. Chariot for the win. Managoy for second. Kemway for third. Centro for the American. And my wild card being Amon Wote. Interesting. I think the Chariot pick is a good one. You know, he's one I looked at as sort of, in some ways, a wild card because he's younger and just a little bit of an unknown at this point. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles the rounds and the championship nature of this event. And shocking that we both dissed Kiprop. Like we yeah. neither. I almost had. Didn't my, even think about I it. I almost had him as my wild card because I just thought, oh, that. But then I was worried that you would say I was trying to get my half point <laughs> off of just picking a winner, so I went with somebody else. But I don't think Kiprop's going to be in the game. He is a wild card. He could win the whole thing. He's the guy that could win the whole thing and make our our, our points not be there. But I'm sure Chris and I are going to get our points in other places because the the Kenyans are far and away in this event. Just and these guys are young. These guys are all 21, 22, 23 years old. The old long-in-the-tooth guy is Kiprop, and again, he quits. When big races don't go the way he wants them to, he quits. He just stops, and, and, and he doesn't get it done. So anyway, yes, he ran that fast eight earlier in this year. I just don't think he's ready to go, and he didn't have to win. He don't even think he ran the Kenyan Trials. The three guys that ran the, one, that ran the Kenyan Trials are the three guys that are going to medal at this World Championships. The Kenyan sweep would be huge for them. All right, so next on the docket is the men's steeplechase. We've got the final occurring on Tuesday, August 8th. The heats or the initial round for that will be on August 6th, happening on Sunday. So, Steve, I'm going to take it to you first. What are your picks for men's steeple here? This one was so tough. I mean, it was so tough. I'm going, this is the one event I'm going with my heart on two of my picks, and this is a spot where I could lose some serious points. Um, I got a feeling that Chris might call it relatively similar. I think we'll have one person not in the same spot, but I'm going with Evan Yeager for the win. I just think he's too good. I think he's got the Kenyan scared. We've got um, Cosilius Capruto, who is the prohibitive favorite, who everybody would expect to win. He, he, he hurt his ankle. And he dropped out of Lausanne at the and and then he didn't even run Monaco and I I listened to the I watched the video of that race because it was just epically amazing to watch Evan run that race I think everybody's probably watched it was just I posted that on Facebook as well as just watching a guy rebound from where he was earlier this year in May and just in the freaking tank terrible position just felt terrible, was so worried that this year was going to be the year that he couldn't get it done. His coach, Jerry Schumacher, calmed him down, took him up to altitude. He came back, ran an amazing last 400 at the U.S. Championships in the steeple. Didn't look that great. We both agreed, Chris. We were worried for him during that race, especially having heard the story about it. But he has just continued to improve. And his race at Monaco, running eight minutes, running away from everybody, the best Kenyans that there are out there, except for Kipruto. I just, I just think he's too good. And I think he's, it's his time, and he's going to make the most of it. I do think the big problem here is that Kenya has won first, second, has won every single steeple since 1987. And I think that they may have, they may have only had one or two positions where they weren't one, two, and three at the World Championships. Every single steeple since 1987. So to call Evan Yeager is not just, it is a heart 
heartfelt thing because statistics would tell you not to do that. But Capruto has put me in a position where I do that. My second place position, this is where I might be in a little bit of trouble. I'm going with Ezekiel Kemboy. I think he was so mad after last year. He was so pissed off that everybody dissed him. And he said he's coming back for one more year. He's run 8.33. That's the best time he's run this year. He's 33 seconds behind the best in the field here. But I'm just telling you, man, this dude, he makes shit happen. I'm, I'm sure you probably have your wild card. I'm not putting him in wild card. I, I, I really wondered about this. The problem is I don't see anybody else back here. I think I can get a half point with my wild card that I've got anyway. So... I'm picking Jaeger for the win, Kemboy, the crazy psycho Kemboy for second, and I'm going Kipruto for third. I'm worried Kipruto won't make it through the rounds if he's really hurt. They did say they held him back and that he really wanted to compete, so he's probably okay to go. But I'm putting him at third. Really hard to make that decision. Kemboy is a little bit out there. My first American, obviously, Evan Jaeger. I got him for the win. My wild card, though, is an American. Stanley Kabeni, the way he ran his last race at Monaco, he got 808, ran an incredible race. I just think he's ready to go. But I, I, I think that I'm just going to throw out, I'm, it's, this is my, you know, Ken Boy's my magic pick, right? It's my, it's my, it's my, it, it, if there's any justice in the world and any magic in the world, Ken Boy will find it. If there's any at all, he'll find it. And if he does find it, I pity everyone. The good news is Evan Yeager is just that much better than everybody else in this race. Those are my picks. What well, you got, Chris? <laughs> I think your Kimboy fan fanboy ish <laughs> stuff might help me make up for my my 10k picks because I, I did open the I'm, window I'm, there. I'm I'm, I'm 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 worried. I don't think Kimboy's going to make it through the rounds. I I it seems like he's been doing more drinking than he has been running. And so I'm not worried about it. Although we have to give credit where credit is due and mention him because he is the goat of men's steeplechase for sure. You know, he's got two Olympic gold medals. He's got three world championship gold medals. So this will definitely be. And two of those medals that he got were times where he had not run any faster than like 825 in the year. So he has been known to pull the rope-a-dope too. So just just putting that out there. He has been. So we'll see. But I'm I'm not predicting that he'll be in the mix for this one, and and for that reason, I think. I mean, I'm not picking this, but I think if there's a race where the U.S. men could get two people on a podium, it is this one, mm-hmm. because like you, I've got Kabeni as my wild card, and I think with Jager's form, he's gonna be on the podium. Period. He's gonna be one or two. I don't think Jager falls below three. And then it's just a question of how the rest of the field plays out. And if Capruto's injured and, and something happens with him, then it is wide open for Kabene and even potentially Hillary Bohr to sneak onto the podium. So we could have two Americans sniffing at the podium here. So that's a big deal. My picks are Jager for the win as well. I went back and forth because I checked myself. I'm like, is this a heart pick or is this a real pick? And then if you look it's at... It's a real pick, It's Chris. a real pick. If you look at his race to finish out that that Monaco event, it shows you he can win off of any tactics. This thing could go out fast, it could go out slow. He can close it out with the best of them. He can run hard from the front with the best of them. I think what's going to be only interesting is how he chooses to play it, how long before he takes to the front, because that's what he did in the Olympics. 
He went to the front there to make that race, and it ultimately cost him the gold, but it guaranteed that he would get a medal. And so it'll be interesting to see if this time he sits back a little bit and says, hey, guys, I'm the big dog. You take it, I think and then see make, what happens. I think he'll make that decision watching the Browns, whether he's in the race with Capruto and testing Capruto a little bit. I think you'll see him testing that. And if not, watching Capruto's race to see if he sees any chinks in the armor. And if Capruto was smart, he would, he would, he would make sure he makes it to the final and do a limpy gimpy. Right, like lift right. up and gimp up a little bit. Try, to, try to throw. Try to see if he can do a little rope a dope on him. Rope a dope. So I've got Jager for the win. You never know from Caprito because he hasn't had a recent race coming off of his injury. You never know. But those two, I think, are your clear favorites. I've got Caprito second. I think Jager beats him with a brutal finishing kick, and then I've got a third Kenyan, not Kenboy, Jairus Barek, who was also there in Monaco, rounding out the podium. Kabeni, though, is my wild card, as I said. Jager, my first American, obviously. And again, I think this is a race that could see two Americans on the podium. And again, it's not like there's probably not more than a 10% chance that that happens. But the fact that there's a 10% chance or, or, or even a non-zero chance that that happens is huge for the Americans and means that you know the Kenyans might finally be seeing some of their dominance in this event fade away. So... Those are my picks. The Kimboy one there for you might make things interesting. It might. We'll see. All right. So now we'll go to the women's steeple final. This happens on Friday, August 11th. The heats are on Wednesday, August 9th. Lenny Waite, first thing before we talk picks, Lenny Waite, Rogue, former Rogue AC athlete, now training in Houston with her old coach, Jim Bevan from Rice University. She is in this meet and by all accounts healthy so we are super excited about that hoping that she could potentially compete to get into that final we will see so good luck to Lenny just as a reminder also the Americans in this field are Emma Coburn Courtney Frericks and Colleen Quigley all very very stout steeplers but unfortunately this field is stacked from the top to the bottom with with more stout steeplers than the Americans can, no, and the can Kenyans throw, can have throw just, forward. The Kenyans have, have they have just they, a couple of years ago was the Ethiopians, and now it's the Kenyan. The Kenyans are just unparalleled. It's crazy how good they are. In my mind, there's four women really competing for the podium here. You've, and I'm going to butcher these names completely, but you've got Chepkowich, you've got Chesspol, you've got Jebet from Bahrain, and Chep Kemoy or Jeb Kemoy from Kenya. So. Four women that have all run 901 or faster this year that I believe are competing for the podium in this race. And this one's a tough one to call. You've got super young chess pole versus some other Wiley veterans, so we'll see. But for me, given that she's run 858 this year and seems to be only improving, I've got chess pole. This is the young. This girl was born in 1999. She's like <laughs> she's, 18 years old. Yeah. It's crazy. She she improved by somewhere of the margin. I think her best before this was like 9:25 or six, and she's run now the best time in the world. It's crazy. So I've got her with the win, playing the youth card there. Although you never know with tactics in a world championship what that can do to a young athlete. Although she seems to have. Uh, shown in the Diamond League stuff that nothing seems to favor her to this point. I've got Chip Kowich getting second 
really because she's got a little bit more experience and I think that plays out, you know, kind of, I'm now talking out of both sides of my mouth, but that plays out well for that silver medal for her. And then Jep Kemoy rounding out the podium. So Jep Kemoy is also Hyven Kinyang Jep Kemoy, right? She's got like a, do you yeah. have a full name? Cause I've got her down as Hyven Kinyang. Because they the Kenyans have crazy names. We'll clarify which one yeah, of those two yeah. we've Jep got. Jep Kamoy is her last name. Yeah. Yeah. So Hyven Kivyang, Jep Kamoy. Yeah, I have it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So the Kenyan sweep. The, okay, but the, you, but you, okay, go ahead. Never mind. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in later. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going with the Kenyan sweep on uh, the steeplechase. So the dominance that they've maybe given up a little bit on the men's side, they regain on the women's side. Those are my picks, but you know, largely this is a Kenyan race. Kenyans versus former Kenyans at a minimum. Coburn, I've got, unfortunately, not in the mix. I just don't think she can compete with these the, this Kenyan team. I, I think she'll finish fourth, fifth, or sixth in likely a very fast time, potentially even American record time, to be the top American. And then my wild card, which... You know, again, this is one of those like my Colum Hawkins pick that's sort of like a wild of wild card. I don't think in this race because it's it's so stacked at the very top that it's it's hard to pick a wild card. But my wild card is Aisha Pratt. Also trains with Emma Coburn, Jamaican athlete, trains in the US and Boulder. She's run a uh nine nineteen. You know, if this race for whatever reason were to be slow then she could potentially be in the mix. But that's really more of a pipe dream type of wild card than anything else. What have you got, Steve? I got it a lot different. Same same players. Chris, I'm absolutely shocked that you didn't put Jabet on the podium. This is the Olympic gold medalist who basically before this year completely owned the steeplechase for the last two years. I mean, in, a, in, an, in an event that has always seen shifts and changes and ups and downs you didn't pick her to even podium you don't even have her as your as your wild card i'm gonna get some points there i got at well least... she's not a wild card because she's not a wild card she's like all right she's well, a favorite well you may disagree with my wild card then we'll see <laughs> but i get to pick an 18 year old for a wild card so i don't know how you're gonna be able to argue with me on that one i got go. my win in beatrice chepkoech the last race of the of the of the diamond league series she ran away from everybody. And I think that that's a key result, something that actually timing is everything in this sport and in steeplechasing, it really is those who are on top at the end, if they can get to the final, make a big difference. Of course, she's also a 403 1,500-meter runner. Those kinds of wheels are not usually seen in the steeplechase. That kind of turnover is not normal. And so especially the steeple because the Kenyans usually, if there's somebody who's a 403, 1500-meter runner, they've moved them into the 1500 or the 5. And so I'm picking her for the win. Um, my second-place finish pick is the Bahraini Jibet, who's the former Olympic gold medalist. She has been beaten this year, so I see why you didn't pick her, Chris. She has had some ups and downs. But, you know, she's an Olympic champion, and, you know, she fell in that race that, Chepkoech won. She fell down in it and got back up, and it, the race was over, and there was no way to get back in it. Um, and my third-place finisher, I have Hyvin Kinyang, because um, she's beat Jabet at Doha as well. In a, that's earlier in the year. You know, Doha's in May, so it was early on. 
And so I just think she's going to have... That's Jeff Kamoy. That's Jeff yeah. Kamoy, yes. She's going to have the positioning and be in a position to make it happen. They have, these girls have... These women have been flipping back and forth all over the cycle, so it's really hard to say. Chris, your pick for the win is my, is my wild card. And the reason I can't pick her for the win is she didn't... She won one of those Diamond League races outright, but the rest of them, she was running around like a bobblehead trying to figure out what to do. You could just see her back behind the other runners picking her positioning. Now, that may play out to get you big points by her winning, but I think that multiple, multiple strategic races over time could play out to be challenging for her at the race, having watched her racing style. So I've got her as my wild card. Of course, I've got Emma as my American winner. So those are my three. I got Chep Kowetch for the win. I've got Jabet for second. I've got Ken Yang or uh, Jep Kowetch that you have for uh, as, as her last name. Emma for the U.S. And my wild card is Chespol, Celephine Chespol, who um, you could argue maybe that is playing a ringer for the for the wild card, but I do think this is her first year at this stage. She did go from 926 to 858. So, you know, it, it's hard to say at a world championship level that someone that young is going to be ready to play, especially when you have an Olympic gold medalist run, lining up against her. It's true. She did win the under-20 world champs last year, though, so she's had success at least at If that's the, the game changer, if, if I win by half a point, then I'll call it a, 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 <laughs> a, a, an even. So I, I think she's hardly a wild card, but we'll see because obviously I've got her picked for the win. I did have Jabet on my list, but she's got the slowest PR of the Kenyans in the mix. So I just think this year maybe she's not on the form that she needs to be to take it, and and I'm going Kenya one two three. We will see. There's your steeple. Now we got turn into our last two events here. Next will be the men's eight hundred. This. Final takes place also on Tuesday, the 8th of August. We've got heats on the 5th and the 6th uh, with the semifinals. Just as a reminder, the men's U.S. men in this race are Donovan Brazier, Isaiah Harris, Andrew Wendell. I think this is another one where we've got some American chances. The big story here before we talk picks is the fact that David, David Rudisha, who was on the list for Kenya, is now declared out. He's your world record holder, won in London, but has struggled with injury and various things since then. So he is out, which definitely kind of makes things interesting. You know, I know there was some probably tendency to pick him on the podium by most people before him. He's has now declared out. So I think that makes things interesting. Beyond that, the fascinating story for me with this eight is the fact that you've got a lot of young guns in the mix. A lot of young guns. A lot of young guns. So it's going to be really interesting to see the young guns versus some of the veterans that have experience. The biggest of those is Emmanuel Courier, who is a Kenyan athlete, but he trains for UTEP, University of El Paso, University of Texas, El Paso, here in the U.S., your NCAA champion in the eight. He's coming to this meet having won the Kenyan trials, but is now racing a very, very long season. So on paper, he might, for many, be their favorite, but that's going to make things interesting. So getting to my picks, and this one, this is the one where I probably spent the most, but besides the the women's 15, probably where I spent the most time because I was struggling trying to think about how this one would play out because you also got the rounds here in play and that the, the men's 800 semifinal might be the toughest race of the entire meet to just get into the final of the eight. 
is so, so difficult because you've got lots of races and you essentially have to get one or two in each of those races. Otherwise, you're not making the final. So it can be a crapshoot depending on who's in what heat. So this one to me was very, very tough. But I and ultimately I I couldn't pick youth all the way at least with career because i i do worry about even though he's run really really fast this year i do worry about his season and the length of his season and i think once you get to three rounds in the 800 near the end of august having been fit since essentially ncaa's in june that's a really really tough thing to hold on to even if he has had some races in july that have proven out well so i'm going with the veteran Kind of, I put veteran in quotes because he's still relatively young in this game, which is Nigel Amos from Botswana. He's got experience in big races. He's finished second in the Olympics behind Rudisha in London. He has had maybe mixed results by some definitions since then, but seems to be on form this year, having run 143 earlier this year in London in the London Diamond League. So I'm picking the experience of Nigel Amos for the win. I've got Donovan Brazier getting your silver medal here. I think I think he could end up in silver or bronze, but as I look at the rest of this field, if he can make it into the final, I think he's going to get a medal simply because he's he's got the wheels. And in a race that will likely go out fast, He's going to be in good position to just tuck in behind somebody and then pick people off late. So I like Brazier second as the top American as well. And then this third pick is to You're going me going with Isaiah Harris. No, it's oh, I was no. Say, I the third I pick is 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 just I, I think you know if you'd gone with Isaiah Harris, I was going to have to. The just rational say, okay, pick buddy. would be putting Emmanuel Career maybe to finish the podium or perhaps Suleiman or Rotich. You know some of these guys that that have had success in the 800, but I'm going to pick just like I did in the U S trials, kind of pick an outsider that many wouldn't put on their podium. But I like the Kenyan Kipigon bet because he has, has one raced 143, you know, or 144 low this year. So he's had some, some solid races. He's also, Finished first at the under-20 world championships last year. So he's a young guy who seems to be, you know, has some wheels. And even though he's less experienced, I think if he can get through the rounds and the race plays out quickly, he can sneak onto the podium. So while that's not a name that many people would put there, I'm going outside chance on Kipigon Bet. First finisher for the U.S., as I said, Donovan Brazier and Silver. My wild card... You know, I kind of talked about maybe putting Suleiman in this position who has some experience at this level. My wild card is completely random in a sense that, you know, kind of like Aisha Pratt is one of these more outside choices. But I like the Canadian Brandon McBride following in the great footsteps of Gary Reed, who was a Canadian 800 meter runner who snuck onto a podium at the World Champs. McBride has run 144 this year. Born in 94, so he's a 23-year-old guy, really young. And, you know, I think he's got an outside chance if the race goes the right way, if he can make a final to be there. So that was my wild card, even though it was tough to pick a wild card for this one for me. What do you got, Steve? I have a feeling we're going to be all over the place on this one. Yeah, I think we have, you made some, you know, 
it'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think you made some wise choices, but I think uh, you left an. If the race plays out the way I think it's going to play out, you left some points on the board. First of all, let's just say that the greatest of all time, David Rudisha, will be deeply missed in this race, and would really have loved to see him bring back the kind of race that he did in 2012 because he was healthy before this. He was healthy this year. It looked like, though he hadn't raced much, that he was really in good form. He ran the greatest race of all time at the Olympic Games in 2012. Anybody who hasn't watched that, please go watch that race. It was, it's just mind-bendingly beautiful way to run. And you see why missing Rudisha in this race could change the entire play out of the way this race plays out. And so, um, anyway, he will be deeply missed, but the fact is, he's not here. So we move on. First place will be Emmanuel Carrere. This story has been, went, has been wanting to be written since 1988 when Paul Ehring, as a freshman from UVA, out of nowhere, went from NCAA champion to Olympic gold medalist. And here he has a protege who, however many years later, God, that's a lot of years later, could possibly be in a position to do the same thing. Yes, he's had a long season, but guess what? He just won Monaco. So he is ready to race. He's raced recently. He won his Kenyan trials. He won NCAAs. He's won Monaco. He's, unde- he's, he's run unbelievable. He's in an incredible position. He's also run faster than everybody else has run in the field by some measure. And he's proving to come in to fitness at just the, uh, coming back into fitness. And I think if his coach had been anybody else, we would all said, Hey, he's just not going to be ready to roll. He's just not going to be able to make it happen. But his coach already did this. His coach did the same thing. And so I just feel like, like in a sense, something's been written in the stars here and I'm just going with Emmanuel career for the win. Very hard to pick him over Nigel Amos, who has been red fucking hot this year at the end of the year. Won two Paris, won two races um, at the, at, uh, in, in Diamond League this year, which is huge for him. He's come on incredibly strong. In fact, the only race he didn't win Diamond League was the one in which he fell down in and had to get back up in. Um, I just think Nigel's going to get second place. I think he's, he could win it all. And if he does win it, I think it'll be, I'll be just as happy if he wins it as if Career wins it. But I just have this feeling the way that Career is, there's a sense of destiny played out in this one. And I just think watching, having watched the other Diamond League races this year, Donovan Brazier has proven that he's ready to race at the highest level. Watch out for him in 2020. I think he's your Olympic, could be your Olympic gold medalist. I think he's got longer staying power than career will have. I think he'll stay the path. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's got great coaching. He's got great focus. He'll be ready to roll in the future. I think he'll get on the stadium, uh, get on the on the podium, but I don't think he'll be better than third here. And my wild card is who you picked as your third position is Kip Yugon Bet. Yes, he's had a great year this year, but he's been beaten by every one of these guys. Every single one of these guys has beaten him this year. So I just don't see, I just think on, on that last 100 meters, when it all comes down to it and the eight, it comes down to Will and who's got it at the end of the game, I'm just not sure he's going to get it and be ready to play. The super interesting thing too, to me, about, about Emmanuel Career is, is something that's also in play with, with Bet is that the two of them have something above everybody else, which is supreme 400-meter runners. They are really, really good 400-meter runners, better than the other than their other competitors are in the 400. And so I do think, again, that's another reason why I go for career in this position. I just think he's going to be able to hold on on a fast pace, off a fast pace, off a slow pace, any way you run it. I just think he's going to stay out in front. But bet is my wild card because if it goes out super fast, I think he's got a little bit of a staying power and other guys are going to be shooting. Nigel may be shooting for the win. Brazier may make a bad decision somewhere along the line. And I think bet is a guy who could creep onto that podium, get a spot. So 
it, it, I don't have him on my podium, but I have him somebody who I could get a half point with mm. being on it. So anyway, pretty similar picks, Chris. Just a different way of playing those races out. So you're saying I'm not crazy with Bet? I don't think. I think you're in a real good spot with we'll him. We'll see. We'll see. I, I I picked Isaiah Harris out of the dark, so you never know. All right, so let's turn to the women's eight. This one plays out on the last day of the meet. The final is Sunday, August 13th. You've got heats on the 10th and semis on the 11th. Again, that semifinal round is going to be really, really interesting. Before we dive into picks here, Steve, and we'll start with you on this one, I wanted to talk about, just quickly, hyperandrogenism. Basically, there's three women in this field, Castro Semenya, Wambui and Francine Ninian Saba that are all suspected of being hyperandrogenous, meaning they have more testosterone, likely due to having internal testes instead of ovaries, versus other women. Well, the now, only one question is Ninian Saba. The other one, right? Yeah, I mean, but when Jui we know is, and we know for sure Castor is, but so so Ninian Saba's just was, played cat. There and mouse was a with time this. when if. You were hyperandrogenous. You would have to get genetic testing in order to determine whether or not you could compete for women. And there was a time when Semenya was banned from competing because of a gender test that was carried out by IAAF. Eventually, that rule was fought in the international courts. And it was determined that essentially anyone who declares female can race as a female. And as a result, you have these women back in the field. Now... I think from a from a standpoint of you know equality that's cool but in track and field you know calling these women women and, and from a standpoint of social issues and 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 kind of how things should play out in the real world that's cool now the challenge is when you have to draw this line between men and women in a race and essentially the way the rules are written now, I could put a wig on. Not that I could compete with these women, but I could put a wig on, declare as a female, and compete. You don't even have to put a wig on. You just have yeah. to declare as a female. And I could compete with anybody else in a women's field. And so the the worry that people have is that you're going to eventually just end up with one pool of athletes. And then there's going to be those with higher, higher testosterone you know, that might happen to be male and those that that have lower testosterone that might happen to be female and then everything in between you're gonna have this one big mass and women's athletics as we know it will go away so there is a growing push to try to create some standard by which there's a delineation and the proposed standard or some of the proposed standards on that is a testosterone threshold People have also (coughs) talked about if you have a Y gene at all, if you have a Y chromosome at all, that you shouldn't be able to compete as a female because some of these women have XXY. So it's a really complicated issue. But the fact is, going into this race, you have three women that potentially have a testosterone-based advantage, which makes it perhaps unfair by some definitions, but, you know, also interesting in that you could have someone like IG Wilson who doesn't have that advantage beat one or all of them. So we'll see how it plays out. How do you have this one picked, Steve? So just a little bit of a of my take on on that the hypoandrism thing is that number one, it there's nothing anybody at the starting line can do about it. And I'm I, I just am so it's just really cool how the American women have decided it is what it is. We're going to try to run the best race we can run. 
and we'll see what happens. Um, at Monaco this year, Aji ran them, ran two of them, Nian Saba and uh, Semenya, right to the wire. People will argue that Semenya's race, she was going for a fast time, although it didn't play out quite that way. That she was sort of that she was vulnerable because of the way that she chose to run the race. I'll tell you, she's vulnerable if she chooses to run those 15s and watch out. Um, but I just think that it, in the Olympic Games, it was really hard to not take this issue of testosterone to heart for everybody because first, second, and third were all all in that category. But now that we've got others competing, you know, Melissa Bishop ran really amazing at that Olympic trial at that at that Olympic Games and got fourth, and but was in in the fight. And um, now Ajay, having done what she did at the uh, at Monaco puts everybody in that fight. Um, honestly, I just say, let's just line them up, lace them up, and race. Let's see what happens. My picks, number one, I go in for Aji for the win. I'm going with my heart. Whoa. Sh- going with my heart. I think if Caster runs, if Caster runs rounds in the 15, I'm almost, I almost guarantee you, if she makes it to the final in the 15, I guarantee Aji Wilson wins. That's why I don't think Semenya is actually going to get to the starting line. If she doesn't, then I say shame on her. She shouldn't even be in the 800s because she had to play that card first. But let's leave that alone. I still think Ajay can win. I'm making a big pick here. I think she's got everything working for her. I think Semenya is going to have a lot of white noise around her, a lot of other things going on. Nian Saba, she's won, she won one race without caster in the race but generally in Olympic in these type races she just follows her so I think that Nian Saba will be on the podium but I don't think that she's going to be um, able to win outright so I go Aji with the win I'm going caster Semenya for second I'm going Nian Saba for third um, my American winner my American first obviously is Aji Wilson and my wild card I would put Wanjiri. I almost went with Wanjiri, but she's just had a terrible year this year she's just not up to snuff she won the Kenyan trials but she but she's doesn't seem to be all on form. So I'm going with Melissa Bishop as my wild card to see if Melissa will choose to be empowered by the by how Aji's running and if she'll run a little bit of a different style race or if Aji's race style and the way that they choose to play their race out creates some weakness in Nian Saba and Caster. And so there's an opportunity there to maybe slip on the podium because of that. So those are my picks. Um I think this race is really a one, two, three. I don't. I think how you pick them and where you place them is interesting. But I'm going with Aji Wilson. This is the one where I'm really going from my heart. I know for a fact, if the, but I truly believe if Caster runs rounds of the 15, that she will have had so much drama going on, she's not going to be ready for it. She's not ready for it. Those are my picks. Pretty we, out there. We will it, see. We will see. I, li- I like the Aji pick. I didn't make that pick, but it is definitely the heart pick. And if an American can get on the podium as a gold medalist in this field, then that would be probably, that would probably beat, you know, her American record. And Ozzy's not going for year. a medal. She doesn't care about a medal. She wants to win. She wants to run the best race. No, she wants to run the best race she can run. That's the cool yeah. part. It's not about a place. So she's going to go for the win because that would be the best race that she could win. And I think that the others are going to play games. I don't think she's going to play games. And she's, we've watched her win in every way, from back to the front in any way. I just feel like maybe this is the time where she can pull it off. We will see. I do think Semenya, if she runs the rounds, will be hurt by that. If she doesn't, then, you know... I probably would have picked her. I'm assuming she does. Otherwise, I probably would have picked Caster first. I'm going with Ninian Saba first. I get your point that she hasn't won a lot. She's mostly kind of played second fiddle to Semenya, but 
I'm assuming Semenya runs the rounds and that Ninin Saba might just edge her at the end. And I've got Wilson rounding out the podium. In third, I just have trouble seeing her beating the testosterone advantage that she's up against in those other two. So same podium members, different order. No matter how it plays out, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I've also got Melissa Bishop as my wild card. She finished second in the world champs in Beijing in 2015. She was fourth in the Olympics. She knows how to get in the right spot to at least be close to that podium. And in some ways you could argue that she's not really a wild card at that point, but, but she ran 157 this year. She seemed in July. So she seems to be on form and I think has shown that in these races, she can be in the mix. And who knows how empowered she is from watching how close Ajay was in that race. And she was in that race, but maybe she plays a different tactical advantage. Maybe she says there's a chink in the armor. Maybe I can make it. And she ran 156 in that race too. So super interesting to see how that plays out and what happens. And, this is another one of those great races. Just because we're lining up at the end of this of this podcast and we've, we're tired, we've been going at this for a while, you're probably tired of listening to us talk too. Please recognize this is one of the coolest races in the entire World Championships and one that's worth the price of admission, whatever the price of admission happens to be. The other woman to watch to me is Eunice Sum from Kenya. I think there's a chance. I mean, she almost picked her as a wild card. She's also run 157 this year as 156 PR. She could be in the mix as well for the podium if one of those top three falters. All right, let's talk 5K, our final event. We will start with the men's 5K, which plays out on Saturday, August 12th. There's going to be a a heat or a preliminary round on August 9th. So plenty of rest between these two 5Ks. And then you've got the women's playing out on Sunday the 13th. On the men's side, we'll start there. Going back to this discussion on Farah, we're back to seeing how this plays out. And can Mo Farah finish off this attempt to kind of run 10 straight and, and and get 10 straight golds in the 5K and 10K across major world meets? We will see. But my prediction is that he's going to also falter here. So we'll start with my picks and then we'll go to you. I have a feeling we might have a similar pick for the win. I've got Paul Chalimo, American Going for the gold in the 5K, he has shown with his Olympic silver that he can be in the mix. And if if Farah is off his game at all, or if this race goes out relatively quickly, then I think Chalimo can be there. But really, I think he can be there under any style tactics. His, his kind of panache and courage have shown that he's going to be at the front no matter what. So I like Paul Chalimo for the win. Maybe that's a heart pick. It's probably not quite as dialed in as Jager for the win, but um, but I'm going to uh, Chalimo there. And then I've got Ethiopian. You know, some would call this a wild card because he's a little bit known, unknown name, but uh, Borrega from Ethiopia, who's run 1255 this year for the 5K, is my pick for silver in a kick finish. And then I've got, his name is Salomon Borrega. Also a young guy, super, super young. He was born in 2000. I know. <laughs> right? So young guy. Crazy. Kind of like Chip Kipchoge back in the day. And so uh, Salomon Borrega for the silver and then Mo Farah rounding out the podium for the bronze. There's a couple of Chip Tegis also in this, so we could see him coming back. The Ugandan, there's also another Ethiopian. Idris that has run 12.55 as well in a similar race to Borrega Mukhtar Idris, who is a little bit older athlete, 
I think they could be in the mix. But as I look at this men's 5K, I think it is actually pretty wide open. You know, you've got a couple of, you know, guys that have run sub 13 or close to it. But beyond that, it could be wide open. If one of these players falter, then, you know, I think Ben True is somebody from an American standpoint who could sneak onto the podium. So he's my wild card pick. And of course, I've got Chalimo as first American. What have you got, Steve? Okay, so I think this race, I wouldn't call it quite wide open. I think the words that I would use is so deep, it's crazy. And be- and because it's so deep, it creates problems for Mo. And I think that if Moe's going to ever show a chink in the armor, this is the race that it will happen. I picked him for the 10, but I'm not picking him for the win in the, in the five. And it's not just because my heart sings for Paul Chalimo, who is a rock star runner. It is finally America has a rock star runner again, a guy who is just willing to go for it, chase it, be aggressive. And I think he's going to get, re- he's going to get a return on that investment. He, at the U S championships, Chris and I talked about this before he blasted a 1308 solo completely from the front by himself. He's proven he's in a great spot. He got second to Kemoy in that really super fast 3K earlier this year. at the And so he's got his wheels set. He's done everything in preparation. He and Coach Simmons, I'm sure they've got him ready to produce and perform at this level. If he wins the gold, then he's the guy that takes down Mo Farah. Uh, the, the, the heavens will rejoice and, the world, and all, all dolphins in the world will do backflips in the ocean. I'm sure of this. I'm going for Chalimo for my win. I got Mo Farah for second. I just think that Chalimo's got a ghost of a chance, but he has a chance to slip by him, and I think I'm going to put him in the second position for Mo. I got Mo in second. And I've got in third place Mukhtar Idris. You said that he was more of a wild card, and you didn't even pick him as your wild card. But the thing is, he has run, been undefeated in 2017 in the 5K. He hasn't been beaten at all. He beat Kemoy in a different 3K later in the year. He absolutely outkicked a guy who I think is going to medal in the 1500 in the 3K at a distance that's not even there. So he's got super wheels. In fact, if I weren't so confident that Mo is going to be where Mo's going to be, I would have maybe put Mukhtar in front of Mo Farah. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I think Mo's going to have enough juice. In fact, I kind of think Mo's going to win the whole thing, but I'm not making my pick that way. I'm going with Chalimo. So I've got Mukhtar. Idris, he's run 12.55. He outkicked Barrega, held off Barrega, the freaking preteen. He's my wild card, Barrega. 12.55 this year. Watch out for this guy. He, the, everybody keeps talking about who's going to, Kemoy is going to be the Olympic gold medalist in the 15. This guy can go down to the 15, run the three, run the five. Watch out for him in the future. This guy is unbelievable. I haven't seen anything like it at this age since Kipchoge. Kipchoge was the last person we saw at this kind of level in this event. This year is the year of the world championships where we're seeing such young runners, but this guy is the real deal. I've got him as my wild card. Um, would have loved to pick Joshua Cheptege, but I think he's going to have played his cards out. He ran 12.57. I think he's going to play his cards out in the 10. Maybe he'll be angry, and maybe he'll get up there, and he'll get in the place that he needs to. But we'll see. You know, one guy none of us, we didn't even talk about, Chris, who's in this meet, Gebrowet. Medaled in 2013, medaled in 2015, medaled in Rio. But he's only the fourth fastest European this year. I mean, uh, fourth fastest uh uh, Ethiopian this year. That's how crazy this event is. A guy who's medaled three times in the last three championship, major championships is only the fourth fastest Ethiopian in the field. The 5K is crazy stacked. It's going to be super fun to watch these racers run. Um, super exciting. Looking forward to this race. And I forgot to mention, but just to remind, we've got 
the other Americans in this field, Paul Chalimo, Ryan Hill, and Eric Jenkins. Why did I even say Ben True for wildcard? He's not even in the race. What am I thinking? <laughs> I wonder, but I didn't want yeah, to say anything goodness, about that. Change that to Jenkins. You got it. It's changed. Consider it changed. Goodness. I was you threw that wild card thing in me and I was smoking when I filled out some of these. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so there you go on the on the men's five K. Women's five K also happening on the Sunday, last day of the meet, heats on the tenth. So thirteenth final, tenth the rounds. This to me is a tale of two races. I'll go ahead and go first on this. A tale of two races. You've got, you know, probably six or seven women that are just head and shoulders above, maybe even fewer than that. And then you've got everybody else. So by the time this gets to the final, you're going to see a distinct pack forming early in this race that separates the potential winners from the rest fairly soon. And again, you've got Ayana in this field. Now, I, I predicted in 10K that she wouldn't be on form. You said she would, so that clearly has an impact on the picks, although she faded in the 5K in Rio to, to a lowly bronze. So, you know, she, she choked. Uh, what did so I say? She, she got her ass, no, I said she got her ass kicked for the bronze. She went out hard there and, and couldn't, she, couldn't back it up. But, um, but this one, so we've got Ayana again versus Dababa, but a different Dababa. She was facing Tiranesh Dababa in the 10K. This, this race features Genezaba Dababa, her younger sister in the 5K. So you've got the Ayana Dababa matchup again. This kind of being round two of it, but just a different Dababa sister. Now, similarly to to that race, I think you're going to have a Dababa in second. You know, I've got Janezaba uh, placing second in this one. I like Helen Aburi for the Kenyan athlete to 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 win this thing. She has shown that she's on form and has championship experience um you know she's an athlete with a 418 pr from this year in june in rome so she's on form she finished second to ayana uh sorry she finished second in the olympics last year i think this is where she gets her gold so i'm going with the kenyan obiri for first dababa for second and another ethiopian you could consider a wild card but, you know, between the three of them, between Ayana, Dababa, and this athlete, there's really no wild cards because they're all legitimate. And I've got, I'm going to mispronounce this, but Letseba Gaidi, Letseneba Gaidi, the third Ethiopian in the field. She's run 14.33 and also in Rome. I think she rounds out the podium, again, assuming that Ayana is not going to show up on form. My top American is going to be Robbery. I th- I would potentially normally pick Houlihan based on her win at the trials, but in a fast race, I think Robbery's got the edge with the American as the American record holder. And my wild card, you know, probably should have been Guidi, but I've got her on the podium. But um, is Shelby Houlihan? I think if for some reason this race goes out slow and it comes down to a kick finish, then Shelby Houlihan can 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 potentially be in the mix with anybody. What do you have, Steve? So playing out with my same pick in the 10, I'm going with Almaz Ayana for the win. I think that she's been playing cat and mouse. She's been playing Heidi Ho, and I think she's going to come present and correct. I'm picking her for the win. It was very hard to pick her over Obiri. I really wanted to pick Obiri just for the sake of just giving some love to Obiri. I hope that she does win. 
She crushed Jinzabi Dababa in a 5K this year. She ran 14-18 this year at Rome. Incredible. Just literally decimated the entire field. So to not, that's why the only person in my mind who can beat Obiri is Ayana. So if my 10K pick doesn't come out, Ayana's hammered horse shit going into this thing. Then I'll then I'm glad you picked her for the win. I've got her at least to be in that position. You at least recognize just how great she is, and I hope that she does get it. I just think if Ayana is in any kind of shape, she'll be there. And I've got a real wild card for my third place pick, just like you picked one, Sifan Hassan. She's in the race. I think she's got prepped for those rounds. Again, I, I picked her for the win in the 15. If she can win the 15, she's going to be ready for the rounds. I think she's going to be able to outrun Jinzebi Dababa. She's going to be able to outrun many of those other runners. We don't have Vivian Chariot, who is literally the head and shoulders person, who no one would be able to question about who should be winning this race, who won the gold last year. But she's not with us this season, and she's not running with this. So I got Sifan Hassan for my third-place finish. You can argue about my wild card. I chose wild cards primarily because I think this is the person who could throw down in the race and make the race something completely different than we expected. So if you want to not allow Jinzebi Dababa to be my wild card, I did pick her because I thought she could run a race that might mix things up. I also put her in there because if Ayana is not where she might where she might be, she's going to be in a position to make the race something different and the only one who can give Obiri a race. So I put her in there. You can say, sorry, that one doesn't count. I'm still going to keep it in there. If it doesn't count at the at the, at the end of the numbers being counted, we'll see. Our picks are so different this this time, Chris. I don't think it's going to come down. It's not going to come down to a half point. But um, this is another race I'm excited to watch to see how it plays out. Will Ayana show up, President Correct? That's the whole... I got a lot of points rolling on that happening. But again, my heart reaches out to Obiri. I want Obiri to be the win. I hope that that's what's happened. But I have to score this thing to try to win this thing because I got my ass beat last time. So I'm picking Ayana for the win. Who's your top American? Top American is Shannon Robry. So I just don't think that... Uh, Anybody, I think this race is going to be reasonably fast, especially faster of the last mile. Robray's a great 1,500-meter runner. She's really savvy. She knows where she's at. And her coach, she's been running with Hassan, too. She's been training with Hassan. So she, they've got a plan. She at least will know where her competitor is sitting at. And I think, that, I think that's one of the reasons why Alberto felt so comfortable about bringing Hassan into the mix is that Roberry was in that position to be helpful and, and, and for them to be able to work and play off of each other. And I think he's got a big pick for Roberry. I think Roberry, if I had seen any other form from her this year, if I had seen her race in bigger races and had better performances, I would have loved to have picked her for a battle for a, for a, for a podium position. And I think she might have one more chance. The problem is next year, she's, she's long, really long in the tooth. And these, these kids are just so young and they're running so much faster that, I just think that she missed it one year out. She should have moved to the five last year. Then she might have been in a position to be on the podium this year. I think Shannon and Alberto got it a little bit wrong with that. But I still think she'll be the first American. And given that she hasn't raced, it's obvious that she hasn't been quite ready. Correct. Because usually he, cells are... Correct. There's we'll, something we'll not put right. put them on the line if they're ready to go. And Hassan's raced, but she hasn't. So it tells you that she's not quite at her peak form. But she will, I think, and agree that she'll be the top American. So there you go. Six distance events, including the marathon. Those are done. We've got... Hopefully none of you listen to this from start to finish. It was hard enough to actually put together from start to finish. Two hours and five so. minutes in. You're probably either asleep or hopefully watching this, listening to this in chunks. I do have to mention that do pay attention to the rest of the meet. There's so many other things to pay attention to. We don't have time because we're two hours and five minutes in to go through all of them. But you'll want to see Usain Bolt 
racing his swan song in the 100, 200, and the 4x1. Whether Christian Coleman will have bounced back from a what, Whether the U.S. Right. up-and-coming American mm-hmm. can be in the mix there. Justin Gatlin, of course, will be in there as well. And so there's a lot going on with the sprint events. You've also got Christian Taylor and Will Clay in the triple jump. As we've talked about a few times on this podcast, that's always one to watch. Trey Hardy in the decathlon. You never know what the old man Hardy can do, especially in against international competition with a, another month and a half or so to prepare. Women's 4 by one I don't know if you watched that. Uh, at Diamond League, they made them run one race, and English Gardner went splayed down on the ground, and they got disqualified. And it's like, will the, will the U.S. and the 4 by one be able to get the baton all the way around? If they do, it looks like, I think Jamaica on the men's side will win no matter what, but it looks like the women can win it outright if they can just figure out how to get their baton. At least we, they, they ran a couple races in advance, but let's hope they can actually prove that we are the fastest sprint country in the world. Plus, if you look at the women's hurdles, both the 100 and the 400 hurdles, we could see American sweeps in both of those events. Although Mohammed's a little banged up, so we'll see what happens. She's kind we, of been a little bit banged see, up. But yeah. lots to lots to mention in the other events as well. Hopefully, you geek out on the full ten days of the meet, and of course, we'll be coming back to you with the recap show when it's all said and done. Thanks to listen. Thanks for listening. As always, you can check us out on our website, roguerunning.com, or on Twitter. Instagram or Facebook at Rogue Running. This has been our special World Championships preview episode. We'll talk to you guys soon. Sayonara.